the Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. My friend, this, ladies and gentlemen, this is my friend, Dr. Mark Gordon, and uh, Mark Gordon is... Uh, you're not just a doctor, you're a fascinating dude, and uh, when I first met Thanks. you, one of the first things I said, is like, this motherfucker needs his own podcast, because you can just talk. Nobody can spit out information. Like, I've never, I've, I've, I've been alive for 46 years, never met a guy who can spit out as much impressive information as you that quickly when it comes to, like, the body. It's my escape. <laughs> at home, I have four women, so who gets to talk at home? Right. Not me. Yeah. It's... So outside the world, I get to share what I do. <laughs> Inside, you get sh- shut down? I get shut down. Wow. But you have a lot of information, dude. Every time I talk to you, I wish I had like a notebook or I wish I was recording it. Because I always try to remember as much as possible. And you've given me some great advice as far as uh, you know, health and fitness and exercise and all sorts of different you know, things that you know about. But I always walk away from every conversation and go, I know I forgot something. I know I didn't remember something. Like the last time we were talking, you were telling me about some shit that helps your liver after you drink and you take this. Uh, what glutathi- is this? What is it? Unbelievable. Glutathione. Pull that thing closer to your face so people hear you better. Glutathione. Glutathione. And that, that, <clears throat> that helps your liver when you drink alcohol? Well, it helps you with just about anything that the liver is responsible for um, digesting or um, metabolizing. As you metabolize certain drugs, chemicals, and so forth, the liver uses up its ability to um, continue the process, so it spills over into the blood, and that's how you get uh, you know, drunk, because your liver can only deal with a certain amount. So if you replenish or replace the glutathione in the liver, you get incredible benefits of it. Not only does it help with metabolism, but it's an incredible antioxidant for the brain and for the eyes and for the heart. What is it made out of? Uh, it's three amino acids that are together. It's in our body, but we don't have enough of it to really generate the uh, uh, metabolism that we need if we're drinking. Now, where do they get that? Where do they get glutathione? Because I know Dave Asprey's really into that stuff, too. He uh, has a manu- version of it. Yeah, it's manufactured. But how do they make it? What is it? Well, it's three amino acids that they put together. And um, the products that we uh, interact with are, uh, it's a delivery technology where um, you wrap the vitamins or you wrap the supplement in a what's called a liposome, which is like a cell wall. It's uh, from lecithin. It's from soy. And it protects whatever it is that you're ingesting because a lot of the things that you take, like I think I shared with you, if you take 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C by mouth, you only absorb 19%. The rest of it is destroyed by the acid that's in the stomach. But if you wrap it in this protection called the liposome, you'll be able to absorb 93%. So taking something like glutathione, which normally when you take it in in its natural form, it's destroyed. Most of it is destroyed and then absorbed and then remanufactured in the blood. But if you wrap it in this protective outer coating, a liposome, you can absorb it more readily. And the effects are unbelievably positive. For instance, a gentleman who uh, went out uh, drinking three highballs and five shots of tequila went home and subsequently was very dizzy, nauseous. He forgot that I gave him a sample of uh, this glutathione, and he used four puffs under the tongue, held it for 30 seconds, and then 30 minutes later, clear as a bell, woke up the next day, went out partying again, couldn't get drunk. What? That sounds like nonsense. It isn't nonsense. I wish I was smart enough to call you on your bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to my office. Aaron will tell you everything. (laughs) That sounds crazy. Maybe that guy was lying. Maybe he wasn't that drunk. Well, I can't Maybe tell you who it drinks. was. If I told you who it was, you would you'd... know. He's a hammer, hammer fist. He knows how to throw him down. He knows how to throw him down. 
Well, that's, you're giving people some false hope, man. You're no. telling them to take glutathione and don't worry about <laughs> your drinking. Well, no, everything in moderation. But if you go across that line, you need to have something to fall back onto. I need to try that now. But I don't want to get drunk enough to try it. No. I'm scared to get drunk enough to try it. But, but it sounds like a smart you, thing to try. You know, for years, uh, you know, I take the kids to Mexico every year and I take a bottle of scotch with me. And I sit and read a book and drink the scotch over a period of a couple hours. And I turn the bottles empty. My kids go and get me some mojitos. And I continue drinking. I don't get drunk. And it turned out that one of the products that I was taking had a very high amount of reduced glutathione in it. So when I got exposed to the glutathione world, which was just last year with a Dr. Christopher Shade, who's one of the gurus in the area of glutathione uh, technology and absorption, um, he introduced it to me. And it made sense reading the literature on how it functions in the liver. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's great and stuff. What, there's also the, the dehydration that comes from, from alcohol consumption. Right. What's the, the mechanism behind that? Well, uh, alcohol is a diuretic. It causes you to go to the bathroom. And since you used all those colorful words earlier, I'll use the word it makes you pee. Right. Like a horse. You mean like bad words I use? Yeah, bad yeah, words I, I use. Yeah. Come on, fella. I was going to interrupt you and say, you can say those words on this? <laughs> yeah, this Fuck, is just the internet. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is just the internet. Well, it should be that way. I mean, if you and I were sitting down just having a conversation, we would talk like two normal people. Absolutely. It's not, we're not vulgar, awful people, but occasionally the word fuck is the right word. Absolutely. It's the right word in about every tense of the English language. We're robbed of that freedom by television because people are pretending by not saying fuck on television that people don't say fuck in real life. So you you're never going to really believe what you see on television. There's always going to be this bridge that you're not willing to cross over because these people never swear. Yeah. It's silly. We're the same people. We're all the same people. The people that say fuck, the people that don't say fuck. You don't like to say it? Don't say it. It's no big deal. Thank you, George Carlin. Yeah, Jesus Christ. It should have been figured out a long time ago, but it's not. Well, so, yeah, you could say too fuck anal on retentive. This. Well, I use words like anal retentive instead of assholes. You know. That's not a b good word. It isn't? Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, means a totally different thing. It you can't call, you call a person an asshole if they just fucking like to clean their hands. So anyway, alcohol has a couple of things that it does. Alcohol is a sugar. So what happens is it uh, causes your blood sugar to go up and then drop because insulin is turned on. And you become irritable because you need sugar to run the brain. Ah. And then dehydration. You need hydration. Is that why people get hungry for pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> they want maple syrup. They want that syrup, butter and maple syrup, and oh, yeah, the more carbs, more. the better. Brain food, brain food. Yeah, yes. the more carbs, the better for the brain after you drink, right? So it's a diuretic, it's a dehydrator, and it's a, it's a hypoglycemic, drops your blood sugar. It's an amino suppressant too, right? It is. It's actually it shuts off growth hormone production. Yeah, it's not good, but damn, why does it make things so fun? I know. It's <laughs> what a crazy thing. Something that makes you so happy for a little while, just so fucking, and so stupid and dangerous and impossible to control. Like, that's the craziest thing about the alcohol. It's like, it's impossible to, to regulate how many people, you just put it out in the market, and people drink whatever they want, and if they, it's not a lot, you drink a glass like this of whisk, whiskey, and you're fucked. Yeah. What other thing do you have that you could just buy like that, that, like, literally will kill you if you drink too much, and you can get it everywhere? It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. It's unbelievable if you really stop and think about it. Well, I think what's even worse is the fact that they've uh, restricted marijuana use for so many years when you look at the stats on people who cause accidents. I mean... You're only saying this because you didn't watch Nancy Grace's speech last night. No, I didn't watch If you watch saw it. Nancy Grace's speech last night, you would understand that ma marijuana makes you lazy. Oh, yes. And it makes you fat. I've seen that. 
And it makes you just want to sit on the couch and eat chips. That's what Nancy Grace says. <laughs> <laughs> she one needs out of weed so bad, yeah. that poor sweetie. She needs a pot cookie. Just one of those pot cookies that makes you just go, oh, why was I fighting this? Well, someone would like rubber feet. If she could just sit back on a really comfy couch after a pot cookie and some dude who was really good at it rubbed her feet. She'd be like, why was I Jeez. saying that this is bad? I'm going to take my shoes off now. Yeah. Ooh. Poor Nancy. She needs a hug. A lot of people are angry at her. Not me. She needs some love. She's crazy. She's talking nonsense about weed. You're a big fat lady, and you're talking about people being lazy. That doesn't make any sense at all. And I know she's not lazy. I mean, she's a, she was a judge. She you know, was running this, t- this TV show forever. Being on a TV show is hard work. Being on a successful TV show for a long time, that's hard fucking work. But come on, you're talking crazy about weed. No one's listening to you. That's nonsense. You're the exact thing that young kids want to avoid. They want to avoid an angry, yelly, preachy person on television who's yelling at them and telling them some shit that they know is not true. It doesn't make you lazy. If you're lazy, you're already fucking lazy. It has nothing to do with weed. But don't you think the kids nowadays, they look, they listen to that and they say interesting and they just do their own thing they know it's a bunch of shit i think she's just out of touch she's completely out of touch and it's not not just out of touch foolishly ignorant as to the consequences of what she's saying because people are just gonna if you really believe what you're saying you're doing it in such a foolish way that people are going to immediately discredit the message because it's coming from you the marijuana makes you lazy no it doesn't stop it dummy that's a ridiculous statement. Yeah. And she's only saying it because she's just, she's just you know, missed the boat. She well, missed, I she think missed Col- the internet. I think Colorado, Washington, and eventually Arizona will be great test areas to disprove all that bullshit that's being said about marijuana. Do you know what they're doing, though? It's a really sneaky thing. The Colorado dispensaries, uh, they have dispensaries that they've had for a long time. They had them back when I lived there. But they have actual retail stores, but they're not allowed to have bank accounts. So they have massive amounts of cash, and the government literally will not let them put it in a federal bank. They can't put it in a state bank. They can't put it. They can't put it in a bank. Yeah. They don't allow them to put their business to in take their. So they got to. They got to have a safe somewhere yeah. and put stacks of fucking paper money. Is this? You got to remember to count it, or like, what are you talking about? This is the stupidest idea ever. You you can make money, but you can't put it in a bank. Here's even worse. You probably heard about in Denver, where they have. Um, uh, outlets for picking up marijuana, but you, there's no place legally designated to smoke it. That's hilarious, too. Yeah, they even have these sniff machines. Have you ever seen them? They put out, they've developed these things that pick out nanoparticles in the air, and they put it over their nose like you're watching a fucking movie. They're sniffing to smell if they could smell marijuana from your home, outside your home. And if they can, they will give you a ticket. It's a new way to make money with a giant electric... It looks like a, like a cartoon nose. This guy's got like a space nose on. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Well, Jamie, pull, pull a picture of that shit up. It's hilarious. It's called a sniffer? I don't know what the fucking technical name for it is, but they're literally standing outside of people's houses trying to smell weed. <laughs> you made weed legal. Of course it's in there. <laughs> Wait, you can't have a backyard party? You can't pass around a joint in the backyard or you go have to get a ticket? Come on, assholes. That's ridiculous. What's the big deal? It smells good. It's awesome smell. It smells good. It just does. Like, there's some things that don't smell good when they're burning. Like, cigarettes smell like shit. Yeah, if hemp oil was legal, I'd be using it. W- on what? 
on my body. Well, it is legal. It you can get hemp oil. What do you mean? You get detoxified hemp oil? No, because Real hemp, oil. hemp oil doesn't necessarily have THC in it. It's not necessarily psychoactive. It depends on whether it comes from the hemp plant or whether it comes from the female, the, the marijuana. I mean, the marijuana is not even a real word. Marijuana is the slang for a Mexican wild tobacco. That's where that word came from. When the uh, whole Henry, Harry Anslinger and William Randolph Hearst, when they were trying to make marijuana illegal, that's what they started calling it. They, they, they couldn't call it cannabis. There's the, uh, there's the thing. And when they made it illegal, half the people in Congress didn't even realize that they had made marijuana illegal. Look at that nose, the electronic nose. <laughs> It's got a compass on the end of it and shit to tell you where the smoke is coming from. This is so stupid. Look at that. That's a giant electric piggy. That's a pig with a p- an electric that's... piggy. That's what that is. And by the way, you're a pig. If that's what you do, if you stand in front of people's houses with a fucking electronic sniffer, you're not even pig. your own nose, you're a pig. Are you trying to arrest them because they're smoking something that's now legal inside their house, but they left a window open? You're a pig. That's a pig. Awesome. You're disgusting. I love technology. Electronic fucking fake Jeez. nose. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who made that must have been laughing like a he motherfucker. Was stoned. He was probably so high when he, he, when he so entered that patent. He didn't even realize he fucked us. He's mean. He, he's one of us and he fucked us with his stupid electric robot nose. But he made lots of money so he can go to Colorado, have his own condo and smoke all the weed Imagine he wants. the irony. Yeah. Imagine if he just started his own pot selling business after he sold those things. Imagine if he was like the banks betting against themselves. Hey, we all need a cash cow. That's the move. That's what you do. You you develop <laughs> you develop shit to help the cops while while profiting off weed and it all eats itself. It, yeah, it is legal to smoke marijuana on your front porch yeah, in they Denver. Voted last month 10 okay. to 3. Good. Huh. Yeah, you can smoke on your front porch now. Powerful Denver. Wow. Fuck yeah, Denver. <laughs> Denver's strong. But there's going to be a lot of blowback from all this. And the first blowback that we're Blow seeing back. is the blowback. <laughs> it is. How's it doing here, Mark? <laughs> the, uh, the first blowback is the bank thing. They're not allowed to put their money in banks. So what are they supposed to do? Um, they Eat have it. to fucking stash money places, man. It's really crazy. You're going to have to buy cash houses and shit and cash boats. and Maybe that's the point. Yeah, they're trying to get it so that they can't get rich, which I'm all for, man. You know, I think that if people, uh, you know, if people want marijuana, they should be able to grow it. And it's not hard to grow, you know. And I think that one of the reasons why it's so expensive and been so expensive for so long is because it's illegal. Once it becomes legal, you know, it it should like all balance out. It should it should be really easy to get, super easy to access, easy to grow. You don't really need to pay for it. It's just the the, the fear of having you know, uh, somebody come and find your little collective that you and your buddies have set up on some little piece of property somewhere. Well, they've been doing that up north. Yeah. They've been busting houses, million-dollar houses with the entire basement, first floor, <laughs> second floor, with all the hydroponics yeah. and marijuana. They go by your house with a special machine now, and it checks, like, electrical. the amount of electrical, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck is going on in your house. So if you have, like, a lot of lights on, <laughs> they, yeah. they might just storm your house. There was a, uh, an old couple that was like, for, I believe they were the former FBI or former CIA, and they got arrested. The fucking, the DEA arrested them, came into their house because they thought they had a grow up when they were just growing vegetables. So they broke, I mean, like they literally went, if, I forget whether it was a former FBI or CIA, I forget who it was, but the DEA literally went into their fucking house because they thought they were growing marijuana and you know, like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, do you not check who the fuck these people are? No. No, they don't care. Yeah. Gotta go in there and get those plants. 
I wish I remember the, the exact specifics of the story, but it was hilarious. Denver, though, they don't give a fuck. They said, come get us. That's right. We're cowboys. We got fucking ranches up here. We got wells. We got water wells. I think we're good. I think we're going to keep our weed now. And it's all this fucking crazy blowback. Mm. Crazy blowback. Well, I'm expecting the Chinese to come here. They just dropped $4.7 billion into the American economy buying businesses. Let's see if they go to Colorado and buy some weed farms. They're going to do it. They are. Chinese, they're going to go off. You were right, Coach. Yeah. Do you imagine <laughs> yeah. how much the world would change if Chinese people came over here and started growing weed? <laughs> they're, they're very ambitious, folks. It would be over real quick. They've got a lot of money these wow. days. Too much. It's a fascinating thing, isn't it, how um, these uh, nations look at each other over time? You know, the, 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 the sort of the character of the nation sort of shifts back and forth. And now China, the character has become, instead of one of just total communism, of this, you know, rampant capitalism. And it's this, this new feeling of China being like, you know, producing literally every fucking cell phone known to man except for the Samsung, Samsung ones, which are made in Korea. And yeah. All the top cell phones and laptops and shit. China is just making so yeah. much shit. Yeah, Lenovo bought um, IBM ThinkPad, and it's now the number one business computer in the world under the name Lenovo. Wow. Yeah, I work in China. I have a contract in China with the second wealthiest guy in China for wellness centers, and I'm watching what he's buying up. Unbelievable the amount of money that they dumping here. I, I bought a ThinkPad just because I'm dumb, and I figured that would, <laughs> would be a way <laughs> to really inspire me to be less dumb. Every time. I'm gonna do some writing on my ThinkPad. That's you know, right. you can't write total nonsense when you have a ThinkPad. You know, it's too pretentious. But I like that little nipple, man. Nobody ever stuck with that nipple. The nipple <laughs> for the mouse. Yeah. yeah, the nipple for the mouse is pretty sweet, man. I don't know why it never caught on. They they nailed that shit with IBM. A couple other like PC laptops had that little nipple. Yeah, that's my baby. Yeah. I had one of those. That thing was the shit. I was writing on a ThinkPad, son. I'm obviously thinking. You were just playing with that little red nipple. I wasn't playing with it. I was working. That's what I, I was said. going to work. There's no playing involved. I don't play, dude. I don't play games. Yeah. So uh, that's all made in China, right? Foxconn, of course, which makes all the uh, Apple iPhones. Yep. I wonder if. Who makes the nets outside of Foxconn? Imagine if they were American nets. That would be really ironic. We sent American nets over to the Chinese factory to catch the workers as they jump from the building. <laughs> Imagine that. No. It's weird, man. It's weird when you find out how much shit China makes when they duplicate cities and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. they duplicate Paris and all these other uh, European cities. Yeah. One of the funniest, uh, not funniest, but one of the most necessary towns that they just got finished doing was a geriatric old age town for 200,000 elderly Chinese. Well, you think 200,000 elderly when there's 1.3 plus billion people there. So the town has everything. It's got, you know, stores where you can buy diapers, you can buy, you know, liquid uh, drinks and protein, hospitals, their own ER, everything. Just wow. for, I think it's 60 years of age and older. And they're building town after town just to take care of the elderly. They have a really weird thing going on with their children, too, obviously, the one-child thing. It's now, it's now unlimited, or it's two. It's well, no it's, longer one. Nah, they, it's actually just a slight variation. The slight variation is if you came from a single-parent uh, household, if you were an only child, rather. If you were an only child, one of your, uh, either the male or the female was an only child, you were allowed to have more than one kid. Then you can have two. It's not much of a change. It's not, like, unlimited. 
that still like they're really trying to restrict. But they have too many people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they know it. Everybody knows it, and it's craziness. And so their solution was to only have men, which is a crazy fucking solution. I mean, then <laughs> you you have like this crazy setup where seventy plus percent of the people are men, and the, the men are lonely and sad, and they can't find women, and they they have this real despair because they might not ever be able to find a woman. It's a real possibility. There's just not that many. That's right. And the chicks must just be running shit. Nope. They're so powerful there in China. They must be so powerful. It's so hard. Get one. But it's their culture hasn't allowed, allowed them to be that way. You got to keep like them down. Valley, not like a valley. It's easy woman. for you to say, white man. Got to keep them. Got to keep them in their place. There's only, you know, there's only thirty of them. You can't let them know how valuable they are. So too many people, man. Whether it's China or India, you get to a billion. I wonder how long it's going to take for us to get to a billion. Uh, with the immigration that's happening fast. You think so? I think so. All through Mexico. Is that what you're saying? No. There's... <laughs> <laughs> no, senor. I heard. No, senor. No, there's, uh, what, 21 million coming from China? 21 million. 21 million. A year? 21 million between now and 2020. There'll be 21 million people, and they predict there'll be someplace between 6 to 10 million coming just to California. If How you do lo- they all get in? Don't, do we, is there like a number no. that the United States if they bring like, won't a com- let anymore in? If they bring a company here, they can get a green what card. What did it say, 2100? Yeah, but this was five years ago. Oh, expert. U.S. population to hit 1 billion by 2100. Fucking crazy, man. Not too far off. That's not too far off. Mm-mm. That means that conceivably Jamie could still be alive to see this. You and I would be gone unless some new shit comes along. But Jamie always might see new this. Shit coming on. Yeah. yeah, there is always new shit coming along, yeah. right? Yeah, that's crazy. Jeez. Right? Yeah. That's a billion is a scary number because it's it represents chaos. It, not just chaos, but it also represents there's there seems to be like a lack of appreciation for life when it gets to that level. And that's when you find like these crazy rapes in India and these horrible stories of people doing terrible things. Mm-hmm. China, people selling their kids. like And people, not to say that people don't do terrible things over here. They definitely do. People do terrible things everywhere. But it seems like life is not as valuable when there's too much of it. True. There... <clears throat> You know, the uh, China and the black market for organs, Ugh. Middle East for organs and Ugh. children. I mean, these aren't my favorite topics to go through. I read about <sighs> it because I am across an international marketplace, and it's extremely scary, you know, with three daughters and mm-hmm. having to look at that uh, one can be pulled off the street, you know, and sold as in, as, um, uh, in slavery, which is very, very common. You see all the cases that have been coming up with Middle East with China and well, how about with Ohio? You know, wasn't that fucking guy? What did he live in Ohio? Is that Cleveland. Cleveland? Yeah, the Cleveland guy where they found he had a bunch of women living in his basement. He kidnapped, kidnapped them, them and right. locked them up in his basement. There's, a, there's, a, well, there's been a few of those over the past few years. So it's not just there. You know, it's not just China. A woman no. has to be worried about that here it's too. It's all over the world. Yeah, it's all over. I, I'm just talking about you know the venues that I travel in and hear the stuff going on. The thing that happened in India. Fuck. You know. Yeah, there's so much rape in India. It's it's insane. Pakistan. These stories. The other thing is also the perspective because, I mean, without a doubt, any of those stories about gang rape in India, they're horrible and disgusting and terrifying. 
I think the reason why we're hearing about so many crimes from there, though, is that we, we can't even realize what it's like to have an extra, like what we have now, plus an extra 700 million. Like, that's out of control. And, you know, that, that might be the problem in itself. This insane psycho behavior might be that there's so many people that l- l- when it gets to that level, the life just mm-hmm. gets devalued. Well, fortunately, in China, they have lots of places to spread out to. So, but they're all concentrated, you know, in areas yeah. like Beijing and Shanghai and Guangzhou and Canton and so forth. <sighs> but it's, it's wall to wall. That's insane. It's like Japan. Yeah. Sardines That's... in a can in the uh, trains. Yeah. Yeah, they push people they, in. They I've actually have yeah, the they guards literally... there that really push you in. Yeah, that's so fucking yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. When we look at California with the expansive horizons that we have in Texas and Alaska, yeah. I mean, we're very blessed to have these beautiful places that, you know, my fear is that we have so many people coming in that it starts crowding us. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the cities, we're already having the crowding. Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Diego. So you have to look for bumfuck Iowa or, you know, Coeur d'Alene, <clears throat> beautiful places. Yeah, they might be the last <clears throat> bastions of hope. You know, it really seems like if people keep expanding the population at this rate, it's almost inevitable that the whole country gets dragged into the same situation that we've seen in these other countries. Just, It's almost inevitable numbers-wise, right? Mm. You're just going to run into an uncontrollable, unmanageable size of humans, whether it's 500 million or a billion or whatever, whatever the number is. Yeah, and ACL, just, yeah, the ACLU will get in there and say, what, are you trying to restrict to one child per family? They'll never do that. Yeah, well, I hope so, but still. <laughs> Somebody's got to do something. It's just the, the question of, you know, you don't want to really let nature take its course. Because what nature will do is say, oh, there's too many of you fuckers. Let's just give you a horrible disease. You know, let's just give you some ruthless shit that you'll never recover from and kill 99% of you. And that's what nature would do. Nature would just figure out a way to fuck you. So, if we don't, if we don't fix it ourselves, nature fixes it. You hope. Yeah. You hope, and you hope we don't accelerate it with all our uh, genetic uh, engineering. Are you worried about that? I'm extremely worried about it. Um, since, uh, you know, GMO has been around, we've been seeing an increase in celiac disease. We've been seeing autoimmune diseases like lupus. There are articles now starting to confirm what we thought, that there is an association with gluten from breads, from grains, and uh, lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and Hashimoto's, which are all names for diseases that create inflammation and start, you know, destroying our own cells, our own tissue, our bones, rheumatoid arthritis. And there are articles now coming out showing that there's this relationship to it. And then you look back of when GMO started with Monsanto and some of the other companies, and you start seeing the trend, the increase in these diseases. Why didn't we have these diseases in the past? Like autism, why is autism at such an incredible level? What is it, 1 to 20, 1 to 50, when it used to be 1 to 400? Is it relative to the immunizations? We went from, you know, a small amount of immunizations. Now we're giving, what, 30 in a year to the kids between, you know, up to five years. I don't remember really what the numbers are. I stopped pediatrics years ago. But when you inject all these inflammatory chemicals, I mean, that's what happens when you do an immunization. It creates inflammation. This is a, a hot topic. And it's, it's, it's a very, like, when you start talking about it, like, there's a, people that are immediately going to dismiss you. Yeah, absolutely. You start talking about, oh, he's one of those anti-immunization guys. 
Tom? But if you realize the statistics, if you start looking at the statistics for the uh, the vaccine court, what vaccine court has had to pay out, they've they've had to pay out numerous large settlements with people, millions and millions and millions of dollars, because they connected the immunization shots to their kids getting autism. Correct. That's a weird thing. People don't want to hear that fact. No. I mean, they could say, well, they just lost in court because it was a misinformed judge. Or I mean, there can be some variables, but the reality of the situation is... You're not supposed to give a baby peanut butter, okay? A fucking little tiny baby shouldn't even get peanut butter because it could kill him. If that kid is allergic to peanuts, if she's got that allergy, you could literally kill a baby with peanut butter. But why is it okay to just shoot chemicals in and assume that everyone's going to have a uniform reaction to these chemicals? Are most people going to be okay? Yes. Is it good that we have vaccinations because they pre- prevent us from diseases? Absolutely. I've had a bunch of vaccinations in my life. I think they're very important. Should you give them to babies? I don't fucking know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know. Uh, maybe we should look at that real quick because what, the, what are you shooting in there? It's, it's, you know it's a baby. It's, it's a day old. You're going to shoot chemicals in it. Maybe let it n- sit around for a while and grow and get stronger maybe. And, and that's what a lot of doctors think. They yeah. think that there should be a protocol where you don't give them any shots until they get to be about two. And then you slowly start introducing them to the essentials. You avoid, like, when they're babies, you don't give them things that prevent VD, you know? <laughs> but people want to do that kind of shit. Like, there's a lot of money in fucking vaccines. And as soon as a corporation gets behind the bottom line, they're just trying to sell more. They'll try to figure out a way to make it so, like, look, the fucking kid can take it. These kids are strong these days. They're eating our GMO corn. You can give them a hard vaccine. Come on, we've been making a lot of money, Tommy. Come on. Well, one of the recent ones for adult females or <clears throat> adolescent females is a product for uh, HPV, human papillomavirus, which can cause cervical cancer, and it's a product called Gardnercell. And there are reported cases of healthy women who get the Gardnercell and end up with problems with their brain. Oh, and God. the issue is, you know, from the young and also for any age, really, is the protection that our body has is this wall, this barrier called the blood-brain barrier that stops things that are caustic and harmful to our brain from getting in. It doesn't fully develop to maybe five years of age in the average child. So when you're giving an overwhelming amount of inflammatory injections, it creates an immune response and it goes into the brain. Well, it passes that, in, that inflammatory process into the brain, and that's probably, and they'll deny it, you know, the part of the reason why it happens. They were talking about uh, theol, which is mercury that used to be in or is still in some of the uh, immunizations. They thought it was mercury toxicity. And, you know, my partner in... Um, in uh, this is all scientific fact, this right? This is all scientific but fact. But then that alone... Theosol. That, that, yes. And that alone, there's the people that are automatically dismissing you right now. And I'm sure there are a bunch. And me as well. And they should dismiss me because I'm a fucking idiot. And I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just repeating a bunch of words that I've read online. Dismiss me away, please. But, but recognize that this is not as cut and dry as you think. And it's not that immunizations are bad. It's not, everybody wants to say, oh, he's anti, no. someone's <clears throat> anti-vaccine. Oh, she's, she's causing the deaths of thousands because she doesn't in- endorse giving babies vaccines. No, that's not the case. But what the case is, is you've got to realize it's a fucking chemical. And the idea that just shooting a foreign chemical into a baby is r- totally safe. Like, are you sure? Are you fucking sure how her ba- the little baby body is going to react to a needle being shoved into it and you inject some man-made chemicals that just might have mercury in them? Everybody's going to be okay? 
Well, I agree with you that we all need immunizations. Yeah, I think it's the timing that we need to reassess. I think you're if correct. If you overwhelm, I know nothing. Listen yeah. to me. Talk like a doctor. <laughs> you're correct, sir. I've done the studies. Well, you're correct. You've done your reading. Well, I've done a lot of reading about people much smarter than me uh, figuring things out. And one of the things they figured out is that babies are fucking genuinely sensitive. Correct. They're really small, and they they're not really developed yet. It doesn't mean that, like, vaccines are bad. Vaccines are awesome. Vaccines are the reason why we don't have polio. Vaccines are the reason why there's a, a, a million things, like mumps, which is actually starting to make a comeback because people are not vaccinating their kids for mumps and measles, you know. So it's not entirely good to not vaccinate either. It's, it's, it's good. It's just it needs to be done at the right time probably. And we need to figure out why there's so many of them. I mean, are they all necessary? Are we sure that that's a good idea? And I don't think there's any way to do it until they clone fake people, headless people, and they use or use them as prisoners. Prisoners, that's what they should do. Give them vaccines. But you can't do that because you've got to test them on babies. You need to make fake babies. It's the only way to do it. You have to, you know, make it. But then there would be, you know, a lot of people that are convinced that they're, they've made a real baby. Because it would be, you'd have to be so perfect in order for my experiments to work. Write it up as a thesis. It's a good TV show. Absolutely. It's like uh, one of those uh, CSI shows, but it's all about fake babies. Yeah, man. Um, I, I think that a lot of people want either or in that case. And I'm glad that you have the courage to, uh, to talk about that because you know as well as I know that it's such a hot topic that immediately even discussing the possibility that occasionally there could be problems when you inject kids. Correct. People... People assume you're like a 9-11 truther, you know, you believe the, the towers were broken down by thermite. Like, they put you in that nutter category right away. You're a chemtrail believer, you're a fucking UFO fanatic, you know where Bigfoot lives. Boom. I've got his address. It's, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, they think that, I mean, you made a comment about it, we're all the same. We're not all the same. And you give the same products to 90 different people and you get 90 different reactions. You hope you get a couple of them that have no reaction. But they think that it's that we live in a perfect world. And that's the problem. They don't take into consideration that the genetic, you know, uniqueness of each person. Unquestionable genetic uniqueness. But that's not convenient if you're just trying to turn a profit. Correct. And that's why it's weird that we just allow that to happen. I mean, it's not anti-science. It's not anti-medicine. It's common sense. It's very simple. Uh, uh, who's waiting? Hold on. Is there profit going on here? Well, you guys are profiting. How much money? Holy shit. You find out how much money is in vaccinations. Like, that much? First of all, why does it cost that much? Why are you making that much money? And second of all, does that have anything to do with why they give so many vaccinations? Is that possible? And if you think it could be, if you think that people are sneaky and slimy enough that there could, that could be, it has to be something that we all take into consideration. It doesn't mean that you're a nutter. It means like, that's like, that seems like a writing on the wall kind of a thing. It's all about profit. I'll give you an example that you might have heard last week. <clears throat> the company came out with a new drug for hepatitis C. Hepatitis C is a chronic process, a viral infection. We don't really have very good treatment for it. They use gamma, uh, alpha interferon. It doesn't work that well. They came out with a drug, one capsule a day for 84 days. It costs $1,000 a tablet. Yeah. It costs them $2 billion to get it to where it is right now. There are 4.1 million people in the United States with hepatitis C. It'll only take... 250,000 to pay off everything 
and they've got 4.1 million people with hepatitis C. So the argument is, why doesn't the company lower the cost for it so it'll make it more available to more people? It's because they have, you know, a program for uh, hardship cases, and the CEO was on this radio program that I was listening to, and he says, it's not our model to lower the price. Whoa. It's not our model to it's lower the price. It's not their model. We want $1,000 a pill. Bits! $1,000 a pill. Is it because the research and development costs were so high? Is well, that what they're saying? It was very high, and it, they bought the technology from another company. But it's, uh, you know, you do 250000 times 84000 and that's the amount of money that it cost them to do everything that they've done. It just seems like if you give people the opportunity to make more or less money, it's up to them. <laughs> Well, There's that's always some people that go fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like gasoline. Why is gasoline 47 cents in Abu Dhabi? Right. But you know, you, but you can't like limit it either. That's what's weird about being a person. I mean, you, you can't tell people what to do either way. You know, you can't it's it's hard to tell them what to do. I mean, it's hard to say what you're well, how can I say that, you know, your 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 shit costs too much? Your pills cost too much when uh, maybe uh, I'm not willing to work for less either and everybody goes, "Ah, oh, we'll just leave it alone." Well, the economy of scale <clears throat> is if you're making $7.50 an hour working 40 hours a week, how can you afford to pay $1,000 a pill? It's craziness. It's so much money. It's an insane amount of money. Mm-hmm. But if, what, how, much, how is research and development funded when they, when they do something like that? How long does stuff like that take? Like if they're going to develop some sort of a crazy pill? Well, What's like a high-end figure? Um, high-end could be you know, 10, 15 years on the short, which is the fast track that they have with the FDA. It's three years. And the only problem with that, if you look the past five, ten years, the drugs that went through the fast track, there were a number of them that were taken off the market because of the side effects that they didn't see in the first three years. Well, they were there. There was one drug that was for a form of uh, leukemia that was just taken off the market where it caused your blood vessels in your limbs to shut down so your leg would lose, ischemia is the term, lose blood supply (sighs) so it would go dead. And they'd have to amputate your limb. Oh, fuck. And this is what was going on. There was another drug that was for ovarian cancer, which is a very drastic thing. Um, Gene Wilde's uh, wife uh, from Laffin uh, died of ovarian cancer. Anyway, um, and they had it out for a year. At the end of the year, the FDA took it off the market because they found that it had no st- st- statistical benefit. No, People didn't get better. Wow. So how was it that they were allowed to have this drug marketed? I don't know how many thousand dollars it was per treatment, but it was just phenomenal. And the drug for for, uh, diabetes, which um, was taken off the market after a year because of uh, liver failure. Then the, you know, the um, uh, anti-inflammatory medication Vioxx with the cardiac problems. I was just going to bring that up. I know a dude who had a stroke because of that yep. stuff. He had, uh, he, Guy Metzger is his name. He's a former UFC fighter, like mm-hmm. a really elite fighter and a, one of the pioneers <laughs> of MMA. And uh, handsome guy too, fucking beautiful head of hair. He's a, he does uh, commentary now. And he was apparently taking it because he had arthritis in his knees. He has a real bad inflammation in his knees. And then his, uh, his family, people around him, start saying, like, what's going on? Are you, like, slurring your words? Like, what's happening? Stroke. He realized he had had a stroke. And then it turns out that a bunch of people that took this stuff had had strokes. He's made a full recovery. But, uh, you know, it's because he's a young, healthy guy. Mm-hmm. But that's fucking scary shit. Yeah. So, basically, <clears throat> not everybody has a side effect of medications. Medications generally are very good. 
You just have to be cautious when you start putting into those little five-pound, six-pound critters we call kids, yeah. babies. Well, yeah, I mean, and even fucking MMA fighters, 205-pound guy metzgers. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much everybody's got to be careful. It's, a, it's, a, it's, not, it's not totally figured out yet, you know, not with every single human being. There's a lot of variables that people have to work with when they make <clears throat> drugs or solutions. It's just the, the variables are... The, just the different m amount of places where people came from. Of course, there's different things that they were exposed to in their ancestors' genes, you know? Yeah, have you ever had genetic testing? No. No. Would I you think have I'm it? a chimp. I don't, even think, <laughs> I don't think I'd qualify for being no, a person. You definitely would have about if, three and a half uh, Neanderthal. I might be a missing link. Yeah. They, <laughs> no, they'll find Neanderthal. Yeah, I, I know someone in my family fucked a monkey. Someone down the line. <laughs> someone down the line totally fucked a monkey. I don't want to find out that I'm more Neanderthal than a regular person. But then they say, the Neanderthals are looking up lately, by the way. I've been reading. Yeah. They're Healthy, uh, starting strong. to think that, no, no, no. They're starting to think they may have been a little smarter than when people are giving them credit for. Might have been able to talk. <laughs> Might have been able to, uh, they use tools. They know that. Uh, they, they, they think that Neanderthals were very similar to human beings, but just uh, not quite, you know. Uh, it took the alien genetics to bring them up to Homo Habilicus and Homo sapien and Homo erectus. That's what I was just going to tell you. Oh, go ahead, tell me. You about the <laughs> go ahead, tell me. <laughs> I was just going to inform you about the process. Yeah. You know, they still haven't figured out how Neanderthal jumped all the way up to, you know, Homo erectus, Homo habilicus, mm -hmm. and Homo sapien. And the diff distinction was the frontal cortex or the neocortex, the new brain part, which is how we get our language skills and we get our thought processes and integration of our emotion and, you know, and uh, control frontal lobes with uh, command and executive functions. And, uh, you know, they're still looking for that missing link. Yeah, so? well, it's, um, it's a fascinating thing, the whole process of trying to figure out our past with fossils. Because fossils are really difficult to create. You, you know, you have to get caught in some sort of a natural disaster, a mudslide or, a, you know, something's going to happen to preserve the body. Because normally the bodies will get eaten by scavengers. I mean, right. that's what scavengers are there for. And especially in those days, man, you know, yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of death. Things were just dying. People weren't living this long. So the idea that, you know, we could we could figure out our entire fossil record just by finding bones. Well, boy, that's a fucking shitty record we're dealing with. Yeah. They just found, I think, a partial skull, which is the oldest, 100,000 years old or 100 million years old. I don't remember what the how many zeros were after it. But, uh, you know, they're finding a new ancestor. Yes, yes. Did there you was, see that article? On? Yeah, I've seen yeah. several of them. There's been, there's been a lot of new discoveries over the past, like, about, say, 10 or so years ago. Whenever it was that they discovered that Hobbit man, Flores... Do you know about that? No. Homo floriensis, I believe is the term, the, the hobbit people. They were three foot tall, little like chimp-like people, bipedal little elves. I mean, they lived on a fucking island, and they think that they might have even preyed on human children. They think that they might have been, uh, they, that, that could be total horseshit. I don't know why that was even theorized. But they thought that maybe that might have been one of the reasons why they uh, killed them off, that the human beings, killed uh, these. yeah, that there was some predation between the two species. That's a, just a theory, um, and it's not mine, by the way. But they think that that, it, that has occurred in some places where chimps have got in and stolen babies. 
And they eat the babies. But that's chimps. Yeah, yeah you're but, saying they're little people. Yeah, but what they're saying is that primates, that? yes, mm-hmm. well, sort of for people like. I mean, they were okay. very, very, very primitive. But they lived as recently as 10,000, 15,000 years ago. So if 10,000, 15,000 years ago, humans were in this exact form, and we were dealing with these weird little chimp people like this. Look at these things. Like they have the, uh, the, the various forms of humans. That little tiny thing, mm-hmm. that's it. That's the Homo floresiensis. Jamie, see if you could pull up a better picture of it, because there's some uh, interesting drawings that they did, like individual ones, like one of the ones you showed earlier. What but, does Homo erectus look like? It's to do with a big dick. It's erect. Homo erectus. That's it. And he's gay. <laughs> bad. Yeah, it's a terrible joke. <laughs> This, um, but this Hobbit person thing, right? Th- I mean, this absolutely, without doubt, walked alongside with people. So if you see that person there, and well, that guy's yoked. Who is that guy? That guy looks like Gleason Tebow. Look at him; he's stacked. But that's a rare person. Don't compare that size. But the um, the little Hobbit guy right next to him, it's really fascinating stuff, man. So that means that all those stories that the Indonesian people would tell. Uh, and there's uh, there's a, a like a, the Orang Pendek that um, there's uh, jungle people say is still alive. They still think there's a small population of these things that still exist, and they call it the Orang Pendek. It's a little uh, chimp-like uh, tiny person that lives in the forest. It's fucking crazy, man. If those if there was a small amount of those people that are still actually oh, yeah. actually left living in some crazy rainforest somewhere, that's not outside the realm of possibility. Much more likely than Bigfoot, that there's this little hobbit man that's still alive. Because that was always the legend. And when they found this in the island of Flores, they're like, holy shit. Like, Where's this the is island real. of Flores? Um, that's a good question. It's near Florida? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's near Flores. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it is. I think it's like Sumatra or something like that. Maybe I just made that up. Isn't that like, uh, what part of the world is it? Probably all vitamin D deficient. All those people? Yeah, to be so short. Okay. Indonesia. Indonesia. Indonesia? Yes, Indonesia. Well, there's a term called um, uh, island dwarfism, and it applies to primates sometimes. It applies to elephants. You get, like, p- these tiny pygmy elephants and that are on islands, but not to lizards. Lizards get bigger. If you leave lizards on an island, they actually grow. That's why you have, like, the Komodo dragons, mm-hmm. like big fucking crazy lizards like crocodiles and shit. They actually grow when they're on islands. Yeah. And the reason? Because everything can't get away. Yeah, so they just eat everything. They just gang up on bitches. Just take them out. You know? If you're on an island with a family of Komodo dragons, good luck. One day they're going to find out they can eat you. You know? They're going to sneak up on you and find out they can eat you. And if you can't go anywhere because you're on an island, the lizards are always going to win. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. What are you looking at? Oh, the Komodo dragon. Oh, what about it? I was expecting a picture up there. Looking He's looking for it. Have you, you never seen a Komodo oh, I've dragon? seen them. You know what it is. It was on uh, 007 had one. Did last... he really? Did he yeah. have a pet? Yeah. No, it was in the movie. In... Which, the last one? The last one where the they Daniel... were in... Daniel, what is his name? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah, where were they? They were in Hong Kong or uh, at, a ga- at a casino. There yeah, they that's are. That's it. Evil fucking lizards. Ugh. Could you imagine you hear that walking outside your tent? You wash up on the beach, like, don't worry, honey, we have a tent. Look at that fucking creepy thing. Probably hasn't changed in forever. Neat. Remorseless monster. It's fascinating to think that that was the entire Earth, isn't it? Yeah. 
I mean, that's essentially a dinosaur, right? Yeah. Right. It's about as close to a dinosaur as you can get. Them and crocodiles. How much different is there from a crocodile to a dinosaur? It seems pretty, pretty similar. Narrow. I want one of those. You want a crocodile? I, no, I want a Komodo dragon. What would you do with it? Would you stand out there in your underwear and take pictures? <laughs> what would you do? No, I'm afraid to get bitten. <laughs> no, what a great watchdog. Not really. No. It's going to eat you. Watch, good watchdogs like their owner. That thing doesn't give a shit about you. You want a good watchdog? Maybe I'll give it away to someone I don't like. Yeah, get get a you know get a bird, get something that squawks when people are outside. Get a fl- flamingo or something. I've got two cats and two dogs. That's enough. Peacocks, I guess, make noises. Hunter S. Thompson used to have them in his place in Woody Creek when people would peacocks. come near. The peacocks would go, bah, bah, they make crazy noises, and I'll, I'll let you know that people are coming. They're good guards, or at least alerters, good alarms. Yeah, military macaw too. Yeah. So um. So what what other stuff do you think, besides this glutathione, what other stuff do you think that people should be taking on a regular basis that they're not? That's an incredible question. There are a lot of things that we're losing in our water, for, say, for instance. Uh, we get bottled water. What's in it? Nothing. Filter, filtered water. Filtered water. No minerals. Where are the minerals? Mm. Where are the minerals? We're probably all to some degree, mineral deficient. And one of the ones that the federal government talked about back in the late 90s uh, was C. Everett Koop talked about it, in fact, was uh, chromium. Chromium is an anti-diabetic uh, because it helps uh, insulin work better in your body. It's called the glucose tolerance factor, chromium. And we found that uh, because of our farming technology that we haven't been burning the the leftover crop to get the ash, potash back into the soil that we're losing a lot of the minerals. Uh, we Everything we get is filtered, so we lose all the trace magnesium, molybdenum, all the trace elements that we need for very important chemical pathways in our body. So we're running around with a deficiency of function, and the only way to improve upon that function is to replenish minerals. And you can get trace minerals. I mean, it doesn't really matter where you get it as long as it's a high quality bioavailable kind of product there are a lot of vitamins that uh, or a lot of minerals that you can't absorb because they're cheap sulfated ones mm-hmm. getting the citrate is a lot better the glucurate and the fumarate are much better forms of whether or not it's uh, zinc or magnesium or so forth do you think people should take them in a colloidal form like how is that how, colloidal yeah colloidal, colloidal is, a, is a suspended one so it gets absorbed a lot better instead of taking it in a compressed tablet i don't use anything that's compressed i use only a powdered encapsuled powder right. uh, with a vegetable outer coat on it when that um so like when you when you take colloidal minerals they collect them from some mineral rich streams or something like that or they add how do they if do they're, that if they're artificial you know they're making it to they're suspending it so that it's easily absorbed there is a cistern in um, New Zealand where um, it's about a 50 million year old cistern which has a blend from erosion from the walls of the cistern uh, with natural water mm-hmm. clean fresh water and it has a balance in it, which gives your water a pH of eight. And uh, you know, I don't want to really get into the thing about acid-base kind of chemistry. What does that mean by a pH of a eight? A pH eight is uh, more alkaline, which is called alkaline water. Right. And the benefits of alkaline water versus acidic water. Acidic, 
Um, you know, we have ionizers that take regular tap water and make it into smaller molecules. Water is an interesting molecule because it doesn't stay singular. It's just not one H2O water molecule. It clumps together, and a lot of water molecules stick together because the electrical attraction of it, of the mo each molecule to the next. That's it, what ionized water is? No, ionized water puts a charge in it to separate it. So oh, okay. it's more absorbable. I mean, I've had patients come into the office and say, Doc, I'm drinking, you know, my eight ounces every two hours and I'm still thirsty. And it's because they're drinking acidic water, which clumps together and doesn't allow for bioavailable water. And you'll start seeing some stuff that says, you know, bioavailable water. And, you know, it's going to take some time for our, our brain to accept it, our, our position uh, to accept these new trends because uh, they say, yeah, it's, you know, it's bullshit. Right. You don't need alkaline. You know, there's no thing with acid alkaline. I mean, there are articles that you know, refute the benefits of it. But I see it in clinical application with patients who have failed certain medication. And they go on to an alkalizing protocol and they get better. And I documented they shouldn't be better, but they're better. There's symptomatic complaints of pain and swelling and all that's gone. Why do you say shouldn't? Why it shouldn't because in my medical training... I don't see, you know, in my training, I've been in practice 32 years and had, you know, 13 and a half years of uh, training with a year and a half of research. And it shouldn't happen, but it is happening. So when you go back and you look at the fringe science, you start realizing that on the fringe, it hasn't come full cycle into the core of, of our belief system that uh, the products have um, a means, like alkaline water has a means by which it changes the acid base of our body, and our body does much better in alkaline situations. Inflammation, if your body is acidic, more inflammatory diseases occur. But you can't prove it. It's supposition. It's, you know, speculation. We don't have enough hard documentation to prove it. And there's a lot of resistance to develop that hard scientific information right near, right now. And with everything that's on the fringe, everything that's new that comes into medicine, there's a lot of resistance. Our cycle in medicine is about 30 years because you've got 30 years, doctors who are in practice for 30 years who control everything. And that's old school. The stuff that I used to work on was 20 years old. Doctors nowadays, I mean, I interact with, you know, training doctors. And the information that they're running their practices on is so antiquated. You know, it's like doctors still think that testosterone causes prostate cancer. And there's not a single shred of evidence that proves it. One of our uh, docs from Harvard, Dr. Abraham Morgenthaler, wrote the book Testosterone for Life, where he spends his, you know, academic uh, life at Harvard and in Boston proving that there's nothing to substantiate that testosterone causes Cancer. What does cause tes testicular cancer? Because that's a really common one with men. Uh, testicular seminomas, testicular cancer, um, you know, there's genetic predisposition for it, and there's also thermal temperature. There's an increased occurrence in men who have had what they call cryptoorchism. Crypto is hidden testicle, where they haven't had descendant testicles. So if their pediatrician was on time and gave them a shot of HCG, which caused the testicle to drop, then it drops out of the 98 degree temperature that the testicle isn't made to function in. That's why it hangs out in our testicular, in our, in our ball sack. Okay? What a stupid design. Well, but there's a reason for it. They want it to be degrees uh, less so it doesn't induce cancer. Our sperm are germ cells. 
and germ cells have a chemical. Germ cells like cancer and germ cells have a high reproductive rate. What happens when you get fixed, when a dude gets fixed? Oh, you they mean cut from his the, cord? Uh, oh, when he cuts cords? When they um, give you a, what is it called? What's it called? Visectomy. Vasectomy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm East Coast. You're from where? You say vi? Vasectomy. Oh, va. <laughs> I thought it was va. It's va. It's a V. The snip. Yeah, the, the snip. snip. The I couldn't come up with the word. Right, for what, vasectomy. Is there vasectomy. Any, is that bad for people? Um, no, it's not bad. It's, you know, stops having kids that you shouldn't have or stops having kids that you would like to have that you can't afford. Right, but is there any, absolutely, but is there any medical no. concerns uh, that someone would have? No, um, the un- the uncomfortable nature of the procedure psychologically, I think, is worse than the physical aspect to it. So do you think dudes lose, like, when when they, they're shooting blanks, they lose, like, this psychological feeling of actually being potent? Um, Because they have just dead cum. (laughs) (laughs) But there's there's Cowper's pouch and they have the prostate, which generate fluids. It's not just the the swimmers, you know. Right. There's there's definitely something missing to the batch, though. There's um, volume is decreased, but there are ways of increasing volume. There's volume that's decreased and you don't have as intense of a um, ropes. Orgasm or ropes. So they're not as good. Orgasms are not as good. Mm -hmm. In there the majority go. of people, there's no effect on it. The majority of people. There's but, no but effect. But what if you're one of those people and you already got snipped? That's right. And you're like, oh, fuck me. Can, what if coming goes from the greatest thing ever to like, all right, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> then we have to sit on the couch and talk about it. <sighs> then you got to reattach this, the plumbing. Yep. They can do that, right? They go in there and microsurgically reattach your uh, Correct. pecker pump. They could do that or else they go in and they just suck out the... Uh, the sperm from your testicle with a needle. Oh, hey. that's That doesn't seem like anybody should have to it's do that. option. So that's the option. They do it every now and again? Yeah, every now and again. Man. How, how long do they have to do that for? Like that's they, a male like a male shot, right? If right? A, if, no, it's, if a male has a low sperm count and he wants to get his wife knocked up, uh, They'll try with uh, growth hormone, testosterone, zinc, and other ways of trying to stimulate uh, increase in the sperm count. But if they're not producing sperm uh, for whatever reason, they can take a needle, put it in, and uh, aspirate to suck out. That sounds crazy. Aspirate is a better word. Mm. It means suck out. Yeah, I would have asked you what aspirate meant. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, aspiration. The the idea of it, like if you said you had to stick a needle in my... Thigh, yeah. I'd be like, all right, you know, the needle in my shoulder, I'd be like, all right. But you're talking about pulling something out of my penis, I'm really not comfortable with that. How about out of your testicle? Yeah. Out of your ball? Mm, that mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a good idea. That seems like there's got to be a way around that. But that's how we fix infertility <laughs> when it's not the woman's fault. Jesus, though, a fucking needle in your dick together? Yeah. Woo! It happens. Yeah. The adult industry, they use uh, Cabraject, they inject in the base. I love how you say the adult industry. Or what should I say, porn? Well, that's what it okay, is. Okay, fine. The, the, the adult industry. Of, what about the child industry? Is it different? <laughs> Do you have a different industry? You can't use the term adult if you can't use the term child in the same business. Okay. You know? Like, what, what is, this, is the industry? that these is, is that all adults are? They just want to fuck? Like, that's the adult. The real adult is just, like, living your life. It's a bunch of bullshit, but this is what you really want to do. You really just want to fuck. So that's why we call it the adult industry. That's, that's a right. terrible message for the children. That your life is based entirely on sexually sexual pressure. As you get older, what become the two most important things in life? Um, food and sleep. Okay. Fine. Sexual <laughs> pleasure, of course. I'm just joking. Right. 
Just joking. I know you're joking. But it's just funny that you use that word, adult. Adult. That people use that. It's like urban for black people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like they don't want to say black people, but they can say urban, urban. And it means the exact same thing. And somehow or another, people just let it slide. So what, what should I use instead of the adult industry? <laughs> uh, the porn. Okay, porn. They're porn. It's nothing wrong with porn. Yeah, in the porn it. industry, they use a uh, chemical, uh, which in fact comes from uh, a woman, uh, PGE, which wow. prostaglandin E, and they inject it in the base of the penis, and it makes them have an erection that lasts for like two to four hours like a baseball bat. That's such a strange thing. They take something out of the woman, they inject it into the man, and the man gets rock hard. Do you think that that is like there? In a woman to make a man erect, like she has the ability to do that yeah, with a chemical? And the man in his uh, sperm, when he ejaculates in a woman who is pregnant, it can cause her to deliver. Maybe you. Yeah, Not you me. Think? No. <laughs> no. I'm more careful. <laughs> <laughs> so this, what, if, uh, what, what is this th- stuff that a woman has that they take out with a needle? Uh, they it? don't take it out of her, but it's a, <laughs> it's a chemical in her. <laughs> well, how does she have it? Where, where is it in her? It's in her body. It's in her body. Can it come out in her sweat or anything like that? Oh, uh, you like pheromones? Yes. Um, I'm not sure, to be perfectly honest. Must, must. It comes out of so? her vagina for sure. It, absolutely, out of the it vagina. That's why we're all attracted to them. Yeah, it comes out vagina, of the vagina. Vagina, not the woman, yeah. right? Well, that's not true. Okay. This, you can be attracted to both, Mr. Absol- Gordon. How dare you? <laughs> absolutely. How dare you? It's not an either-or situation, sir. I thought it's this a is woman. a free-for-all here. It is a damn okay, free-for-all. Good. Yeah, but I mean, that only makes sense why... Uh, Eating pussy gives guys hard-ons. Sorry, I had to say it that way. Right. Look. It's the pheromones. Don't get upset at me, ladies and gentlemen. It's what am I going to say? Fellatio? It, and you go, who are you? I know her. Fellatio? Felice, yeah. So. Uh, <sighs> Mark Gordon. Absolutely. What can I do? <laughs> You're a bad influence. No, no, I'm no. A I'm prof- a good, you're a great guy. <laughs> I'm a semi-professional. This, but the sm- it makes sense that a woman would have something in her body where the smell of it actually Correct. gives the guy an erection because that absolutely works. Look, look at the animals. Uh, the guy gets horny during the estrus, which mm-hmm. is the female cycle of an animal, and she's throwing out pheromones. So obviously, gals are throwing out pheromones. And when you meet, a, you know, you stand in front of, I'll tell you the man side of it later. When you stand in front of a group of women, there are certain of the women that you're more attracted to mm-hmm. than others. There was a study done at UCLA where they were looking at this issue of pheromones, and I apologize, I forget the female doctor's name who did all this research and developed a product which guys can buy. Of course it was a chick. It was a chick. Making money on yeah. that smell. Absolutely. <laughs> what she found was that um, she took women and she introduced them to guys that were fat, that were lazy, you know, from smoking marijuana, right? Yeah, those lazy, fat, fat, lazy guys. fucking lazy potheads. They, they didn't see them, but they had the shirts from these guys. So they smelled the shirt to smell the perspiration that was on it. Mm. And what happened almost 100% of the time was they were able to pick the guy that was healthy, that was uh, physically active, that produced this pure pussy um, perspiration. And they found that it was guys that were healthy that didn't have any medical conditions. So women can sense through the pheromones or the pheromones transmit understanding about the condition of the person. They picked the guys that were fat. They picked the guys that were healthy. So she took the chemicals or the synthesized the stuff that they found in the healthy guys, and that's her pheromone. That's fascinating. 150 bucks, I think, for a little bottle. They make perfume and... I think that totally makes sense. I mean, if we know that pheromones exist and you know that when you're like really attracted to someone, the, the, the intensity, like when you're touching them and just being near them, it like, it like t- turns on something. And it absolutely could be pheromonal as well as physical, as well as pleasure-based and sensitivity. There mm-hmm. could be some pheromone exchanges too. Right. But I think that the pheromones really set you up for everything. Look at, you know, in... in um, 
So Neuroendocrinology, which is the way hormones work in the brain, which is what I spend most of my time doing. Um, pheromones trigger um, pleasurable centers, centers in the brain. You know, we have centers, you know, libido area, which is another way of saying the sex area of the brain. We have an area that's stimulated by not just testosterone, but estradiol in a recent article that came out of JAMA uh, three, four months ago. And then Dr. Abraham Morgenthaler was on uh, the news talking about it on Good Morning America or something. And men need estradiol in order to have a fully functioning sexual mindset. And women need testosterone. I have a question for you. Has there ever been anyone so fucking dumb they named their kid libido? <laughs> there has to be, right? There has to be a guy. It's like, I'm telling you, this kid, all he's going to want to do is fuck. When Jamie I'm has a chance, you can look up, right? There must be. Yeah. There's a libido out there yeah. somewhere somewhere along the line. It's got to be. You're looking at the names that are out there. Shane, Shane. Yeah. Starlight, Starbright. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. What, a, what a mad, mad world. Yeah. Yeah. Love the, that movie. Yeah. The, so... When when we were talking about um, different things that you do, one of the things that I didn't mention is that you're you're uh, one of the I don't want to say a pioneer, but one of the more prominent guys when it comes to understanding the effects of traumatic brain injuries and working with guys, or working with boxers, and working with uh, you know various athletes that have suffered. I know you've worked with a lot of people that I know. Right. Uh, How did you get involved in all this? Uh, great question. Um... You know, I've been practicing uh, hormonal modulation therapy since about 1995, and I myself was um, not feeling so great between the age of 34 and 46. And in fact, I was on antidepressant and uh, obese, losing my hair, and just not a very happy camper. So I went to a company in Las Vegas and paid them a lot of money in 97 and was diagnosed with having three hormone deficiencies, growth hormone, testosterone, and thyroid. And just thinking it was genetic ended up going on to uh, replenishment treatment. And in my practice, I had started shifting over to hormone modulation that they used to call uh, what they call anti-aging medicine. I termed a coin called interventional endocrinology because I don't think the term anti-aging in medicine is a proper term for the general masses. It's a great buzzword to get an understanding of what you know we do in the area of interventional endocrinology. So treating a lot of people with a hormone deficiency. In 2004, I'm reading an article out of Turkey about pugilists, boxers, where they had this uncanny high occurrence of growth hormone deficiency. And that I call my epiphany article. I read that and ah, it all made sense. Head trauma creates a situation that leads to hormonal deficiency. So I went back to my population from 1995 to 2004 and started interviewing them again to see who had had accidents. And almost every single person had a very clear-cut motor vehicle accident. In the first book that I wrote, Interventional Endocrinology, Chapter 5 talks about a 17-year-old kid who came to me at 21 with um, significant mood change, depression, anxiety, isolation. He couldn't gain weight. Turned out he was hormone deficient. And when he was 21 years of age, I go back to him and find out that he had a motorcycle accident, was in a coma for three days. Oh, wow. So I've got kids right now that have had um, motor vehicle accidents, slip and falls, blunt head trauma, assaults, that have had uh, developed hormonal deficiency. And you can develop the hormone deficiency because the head trauma can interrupt areas of the brain that regulate hormone production by the pituitary called the master gland in the brain. 
There's a regulatory sensor that tests the blood every microsecond to see if there's a balance of growth hormone, testosterone, estrogen, and all the hormones in our body. And if there's a deficiency of it, it sends a signal to the master gland, the pituitary, to tell it to increase the production of whatever hormone it perceives as being deficient or low. On the other hand, if it's too high, the same area of the brain called the hypothalamus tells the pituitary to shut down or decrease the production of hormone. So if you're making not enough growth hormone or not enough IGF-1, which is the marker for growth hormone, it'll tell the brain to produce more growth hormone. And the same thing with testosterone. So I started looking at this area since 2004, and the literature was just starting to burgeon with a lot of documentation research that had been done showing that people who have head trauma have testosterone deficiency number one, growth hormone deficiency number two, thyroid number three, cortisol, which is the adaptive kind of hormone, the stress hormone. And I had one, two, and three. I had growth hormone deficiency, testosterone deficiency, and thyroid deficiency. And in 2007, I had been seeing a lot of people, retired NFL football um, and uh, rugby and a lot of sports players and boxers like, I can say, James Toney. Um, and uh, they were documented as having hormone deficiency. And we went on to ESPN Outside the Line in 2007 and showed their lab results. And they talked about how much better they felt when they had their hormones returned to normal levels replaced to physiological levels, not bodybuilder levels, but physiological levels, which is like 60 milligrams a week versus something like, I hear, up to 400 milligrams a week. Yeah, that's something that people really need to, um, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's something that people need to understand that if you look at like, what a bodybuilder is, that's impossible without ridiculous, insane numbers of chemicals that you shoot into your body. It, it literally is impossible. And I think people have a bad taste in their mouth or a bad idea about the idea of testosterone because they think, well, if you take testosterone, you're taking a steroid and you're going to become a big, giant monster Correct. person. Like You can't become a big, giant monster person unless you're fucking dedicated to crushing your body. Correct. When I started doing hormone replacement using testosterone, a lot of patients said, that's a anabolic, that's a steroid. Dun, dun, dun. That's a steroid. They pictured you like Dorian Yates. Just standing out there in your front porch, flexing. Yeah. And my response Giant to them quads. was, steroids are what you buy in the corner from Bubba. What I'm giving you is a medication called testosterone. Why is it always Bubba? I don't know. Bubba gets a bad rap. Bubba. He fucks guys in prison. <laughs> Bubba's always the first guy to fuck in prison. Well, I've got a limited vocabulary for, you know, the guy selling stuff Steroid. on the corner. Yeah, Steroids. let's call him Lou. Okay, Lou. Crazy Lou. Right. Lou's got the good shit. Look at you swole. Yeah. So... In the beginning, it was the hormone deficiency and uh, not feeling as um, able psychologically, physiologically, and physical. Um, diabetes increased, and we're now seeing out of the literature starting in 2000 that if you're low in free testosterone and 50-year-old male and above, and now 50-year-old female and above, you have a higher occurrence of diabetes. So testosterone serves a, an incredible function, also pain. We found that testosterone also stops inflammation. So people who have joint aches and pains, they go away when they replace your testosterone level. Growth hormone and cognitive function. The real bottom line is we know that head trauma causes hormonal deficiency. We know that hormonal deficiency is associated with depression, anxiety, and all those suicides that we're seeing in the NFL and in the military. Mm. In 2012, there were more... Uh, there were 364, almost one a day, 
64, uh, people in the military who committed suicide, they all had PST, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome, which is just another form of uh, TBI, traumatic brain injury. Yeah, I believe at the, the very least it mirrors the amount that are, that are killed in action. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a scary, scary thing. Well, in 2012, there were more people committed suicide than were killed in action. It was more. Yeah, it was Jesus documented Christ. by the DOD. But, you know, so the, the issue is that we do great at diagnosing traumatic brain injury. There are CTs, our PET scans, mm -hmm. all these high-tech things, but we fail at treatment. The reason why we fail at treatment is because we haven't put a good composite together of laboratory testing for traumatic brain injury. So what we've developed over the past 10 years is this testing to allow for someone to have their hormones checked to determine if there's a brain source for the deficiency or if the gland, like, you know, the testicles are gone. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're not going to make testosterone, but if you have healthy young testicles, you should have a chemical in the brain that's directing them to produce testosterone. It's called luteinizing hormone. Well, here comes the big question, if this is all the case. If uh, traumatic brain injuries and concussions and whatnot are causing this decline in the function and the, 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 uh, the operation of glands in the body that produce hormones, should the people who take that stuff be allowed to continue whatever they've done that's made them deficient of all these hormones? So the argument is, like, there's a big issue, of, I'm sure you know, about it in mixed martial arts. And the big issue in mixed martial arts is testosterone replacement therapy, that a lot of these guys are legitimately showing up where they, they, they test low enough where doctors prescribe them testosterone. So the question is, they're, they're, they need this when they're young for one of two reasons, right? Either there's a medical issue, like they could have taken steroids and the steroids could have shut their, their balls down, or if it's not that, it's, you know, they could have a disease that lowers their testosterone, or if it's not that, it's head trauma. If it is head trauma and their business is head trauma, should they still be engaging in head trauma? Great question. <clears throat> the answer is obviously no. So if you were, like, say if they had you running the Nevada State Athletic Commission, if you were the guy that had to oversee boxers mm -hmm. and mixed martial arts fighters, if they came to you low with testosterone, you would say, well, we're going to get you some testosterone, but... Well, no more fighting. Well, you have to go and do some assessment to see what the damage is. You know, we have uh, some technology that is phenomenal. I mean, if you look up on the internet, uh, DTI MRI, where you can actually see the interruptions of nerve conduction in the brain, of the nerve fibers. You can see wow. the interruption of the axons is what it's called. You can also see scarring. I had a DTI MRI done. Uh, it's called tractogram or diffusion that tension. It? That's it. Oh, my God. That's Unbelievable insane. technology. I had this done. Oh, my God. That's real? That's real. Holy shit. That image looks like a crazy flower from Avatar. Yeah. Yes. So what that's is this called again? What is the it's technology? Called, DT. Uh, MRI with DTI, diffusion tension imaging, and it oh follows the God. flow of water through I, the neurons. I found my axons. new desktop. Okay. That's my new desktop. I'll send you some. That is incredible. Yeah. That image is fantastic. I don't even want to see what my stupid fucking brain looks like. So anyway, you have a DTI done, and you can actually see calcifications or scars. Oh, my God. And based upon the amount of damage to the brain, you make a decision whether or not the person is at great risk for continuing what he's doing. Wow. There was uh, University of St. Louis, I think, just got another $8 million grant to do DTI, fMRI, 
and one other study of the brain, which are very definitive for showing uh, deficiency of blood flow from head trauma. You can have areas of the brain lose their blood supply. You can have nerve damage. I've got some great pictures I'll send you where you can actually see the severing of the nerves that connect the front to the, you know, frontal lobe to the uh, cortex. So you lose uh, decision-making, the ability to uh, do more than one thing at once. I don't Multitasking. Even, don't even want to look. Yeah. I don't even want to look. My brain is like a messy attic. I don't even want to go yeah, in there. It but, smells like a body. But there are things wanna... you can do to bypass the areas of damage. To fix everything? What can I do? There are things you can do. What can I do? Because I'm definitely uh, damaged. We have a new product that... Uh, no, no, the more product. you talk, the more I'm thinking. Yeah. I got uh, a problem. We have uh, evoked potential, which is like an EEG of the brain where it follows. Uh, you're sitting in front of a computer reading. You're looking at flashing lights. You're looking at things, and it causes electrical patterns in the brain. And there are, quote, normal electrical patterns, and then there's abnormal. The abnormals correlate with different areas of the brain because you've got this net over your head, and it's sensing it. It's being used in the military right now by Dr. Uh, David uh, Hauger. Crazy Dave, right? Dave. But... Uh, they're going to be sending me one of the units, so I'll have it in the office so wow. we can see how wonderful your brain's functioning. I'm scared. I don't want to look in there, man. Yeah, but there are things we can do to, to try and help it. It's done. It's okay. over. Brain it's transplant? Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I would, I would like to see what my brain looks like after three shots of tequila. <laughs> you know? That's the... Uh, it probably turns to, like, the Batman logo. <laughs> well, yeah, would you like to see what your brain looks like when it's like, completely fucked up? Like if you could just it is right now drown it in vodka and just take a, a good look at it. Absolutely, would the fMRI yeah. look different? Would uh, you be able to tell if someone's intoxicated? Well, let's see. The one that does the blood flow is the it follows the uh, the red blood cells is the fMRI. Uh, the electrical patterns would be interesting to see because alcohol is an anesthetic, so you see drop off in the electrical charge. Is this is it possible that this technology will evolve to the point where cops could use it to tell if people are fucked up when they're driving? They just they don't even have to like check your breath or any of that. They just scan you with this little thing real quick, and they look at your brain. In two thousand one hundred, possibly. Probably right. Yeah, right now it's a huge piece of equipment. Okay. But so was a cell phone, right? It used to be a big suitcase. You used to have a carry in your car. You remember those days? Oh, this is huge too. <laughs> what do you got? HTC. Yeah, see? Good smart man. Go Android. Bet with, put, Keep your money on the winners. Apple done fucked up. They fucked up this cell phone game. I love Apple. Don't get me wrong. Because Apple people go crazy when you start talking shit about Apple. Stock was up today. It's great. It's a great company. They're, they make awesome operating systems and computers. However, their phones can suck it. <laughs> How about that? I, I was with them for a long time. People are tired of me talking about this. I'm sorry. You getting that anger off your chest? You it's need not, some couch time. It's not. It's not off. It's still there. Okay. Fucking Apple made me go Android. You made me leave with your little skinny screen. Oh, Sons of bitches. It's the uh, DNA. Yeah, those are sweet phones. Yeah, it's a computer. There's so many cool phones. Just, I mean, obviously the uh, Apple phones. I'm just bullshitting around. They're still great too. iPhones have the best camera. I think mm -hmm. I've never seen a camera that's like as easy to use. And when you get like megapixels, you know, some people say, you know, this has more that at a certain amount, you just, you just want it to look good. Right. I mean, when you get into like eight megapixels, how big do you want that picture? Like, what are you doing with that thing? If you want to make a poster. Yeah. You're going to put a billboard yeah, up. Yeah, Billboard. Poster. Then you need like a high megapixel. But for the most part, a little cell phone camera will do it for you, kid. Yeah. Two megs. You, um, you guys, uh, in, in studying all this stuff, 
exposed uh, a really sort of a dirty secret in uh, the NFL, in the world of boxing. But for a long time, people were able to look at damage that was caused by, uh, you know, athletes, whether it's a, a boxer being punch drunk. And they looked at it sort of almost with a willful, willful ignorance. They're like, oh, you know, oh, I guess he stayed around too long, you know. It's like, no one, no one touches it. No one describes. I mean, it, it becomes pugilistic a dementia, and then you know that's it, and the guy just you know fades away. But when when you start talking about this as a very real cause and effect, um, how much blowback is there from that? Do you, do you, do people get upset at you for that? They don't get upset at me. They just don't talk to me. Is that what happens? Like no, it, when it comes to like certain businesses, like like football players or football teams or hockey teams or some something where people take a lot of impact, they get upset about these findings. Uh, of course they do, because the American pastime is what football, sports, sports, football, love sports, baseball. They love right? it. Well, is so it baseball, this the American means pastime? they're afraid of changing the way the game is played. So yeah. look, you can't do what is that um, a rule. 49, where you can't do any side impact. No side impact yeah. anymore? There was a, a rule that came out. Rule 49. I don't remember well, exactly what it is. that just fucked up the YouTube clips. Yeah. Because those YouTube <laughs> clips were dudes getting hit from the side and flying through the air. Oh, that's such a brutal thing when you get hit from the side by a giant man. Yeah, they're afraid that it's going to change the way the game's played and it won't be as uh, exciting anymore. It most certainly will. You know, it's like a gladiator. I think we have a gladiator mentality we love seeing people getting hurt. Mm. We love seeing, you know, the sports that are rough. I mean, I took my daughter when she was 11 to a hockey game. It was the uh, New York, um, uh, what is it, the Raiders? No, the uh, Islanders and... Uh, the, Islanders and the, Jersey and, Devils? No, 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 the no. ones from uh, New York, the I hockey team. Anyway, so she was cheering at 11 <laughs> when they were checking against the... What is it? The Devils. It's the, the Devils, Jersey, but there's a New York one. Yeah, oh, is the, the Islanders and the Rangers. 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 It was Rangers. the Rangers. Rangers. It was the Rangers. Great game, absolutely okay. great game. And she was cheering when any someone was hit against the checked against the uh, wall. Right. Unbelievable, and that's what they do. And then in the middle of the game, they pulled off their gloves and they got into this huge fight. Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was my first time at the rink. Well, the weirdest thing about hockey fights is that it's really assault. Like you're allowed to assault each other, correct? Because you're not you're not wearing boxing gloves, you're not wearing MMA gloves. You're beating the shit out of each other bare knuckle. Like, why is that legal? I mean, all they do is like they penalize you a little bit, but you know what's going on. Everybody knows what's happening. They, the guy's not going to play after he get fights anyway, so he has to sit in a box for a little while and cool off. Whoa, you really showed him. Yeah. You know, you didn't show you didn't show him shit, man. He just got in a fight. He wants to take a break right now. The guy just probably broke his fucking hand. Look, people jump up and they're cheering when the fights occur. They're so crazy. Yeah. It's Rule yeah. 48. Yeah, it's, uh, we like to watch people try to win. Guilty of assault. Yeah, during a, during a, a game a couple years ago, this guy, he was known as a badass, but yeah. he got charged and suspended for a long time. Marty McSorley is his name. Oh, McSorley. yeah. Yeah. Sure. Wow. Sure. Holy shit. Wasn't he get, I think that guy was going to do MMA at one point in time. Sounds like a crazy yeah. man. Yeah, man. It's just uh, very weird how that's sort of like, I mean, if, if baseball players go at it, it's not, you know, that it becomes a big deal. You know, bench clean brawl, that becomes a really big deal. Baseball players fight on TV. But, but hockey players are expected to. It's par for the course. It's, it's the game. Yeah. So it's a fucking man's game. That's it. That's why Canadians are so powerful. You know? That's why also they're so polite. In their sport, they could fucking just... A fight could break out. The drop of a hat. It's allowed. You can't talk shit. 
You know, if you're on a basketball court and you start talking shit, you're most likely not going to get punched in the face. But if you're in a hockey rink, it's most likely that you're going to get punched in the face. Is that why, who was it, Kelly Rudy and uh, the 501 winner? They came, left uh, Canada and came down to play here. 501 winner? Who no, was who was it? Uh, Kelly Rudy. Are you asking football questions? No, it's what... hockey. Oh, I don't know hockey either. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> Basketball and football. Well, a lot of Canadians, Fair. with what you're telling me, I would think the Canadians uh, absolutely would come down to the States where it was a little bit more civilized in the, uh, in the brawling. Yeah, but not as nice in the populace. Huh. You know, you, you have a brawling populace that's a polite populace. You know, so which do we have? We're, we're, we're not really brawling. We're talking shit. Oh. We talk a lot of shit. And, then, and in Canada? And then we get separated. We're like, what? Let me go. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, this is very rarely a bench-clearing brawl in our sport. Our sport is baseball, right? Our national sport, allegedly. It's baseball. Even football. I mean, they hit each other full clip while they're running, but they rarely kick each other's asses. It seems like you should totally be allowed to kick each other's asses in football, but they don't allow it because it would be too brutal. Because you look at the size of some of these guys, they took their helmets off and beat the fuck out of each other in the middle of the field, and 80,000 people go, it's too gangster even for America. So football players are not allowed to fight. That's a pretty interesting thing if you really stop and think about, like, it's just something we culturally accept as being a rule, but it makes no sense that hockey players are allowed to fight, but football players aren't. That's so stupid. That's a really dumb rule. If, <laughs> if they're both playing the same country, this is retarded. That doesn't make any sense at all. It's in the rules. That's what football's going to do. They're going to take out all these crazy like side hits and put in brawls. That was 48. It was a side hit, side tackle. Take that shit out mm-hmm. and take the helmets off and start throwing down. If they added to that, football would go yeah. through the fucking roof. What happened in the beginning when they used the, the leather, what do they call it? The leather le- helmets. Leather helmets. Well, those are good, too, because you can't hit each other as hard. It's really fucking dangerous. It's hard to do, and you realize you can't run into each other full clip and use your head like a battering ram. It's pads, too. Pad, there's actually less instances of brain damage in rugby than there is in, in American football. Look at that shit they used to wear. That's hilarious. Yeah. Those little funny, silly pads. It'd be better if people played like that. They would get more hurt for sure, but honestly, it'd be better because they would realize they can't play the game that way. The way they play it is completely unreal. Oh, you got a girl with big tits in football. <laughs> How, dare you? How dare you? Um, they, they, you would realize that you can't just run into each other. Like That's, that's so preposterous that you think you could just crash into each other and everybody's going to be fine. Like that's, that's a recipe for danger. That's a recipe for disaster, just running at each other full clip. But if you force people in a situation where they were bare head, bare head to head, the, the idea of colliding with another person's head does not seem that cool. Yeah, understood. You know? They think they have some veneer of protection by wearing the helmet. Yeah. But do you have less protection, actually, when you're wearing a helmet because your brain gets rattled around more often because you that, can take it? That's the point. Yeah. You've got, you know, had a patient who, uh, who was driving a motorcycle up to 405 at 70 miles an hour and he's clipped by a car. He goes up, catapulted, ends in the, ends up stopping his body ends up stopping in the fast lane. Oh, my God. So I'm sitting there talking to the guy, and I said, so what happened next? He says, I woke up in the hospital. I said, so you had head trauma? He said, no. I said, why would you tell me you didn't have head trauma? He says his helmet wasn't broken. Oh, hilarious. Yeah, his helmet, but he was in a coma for, you know, 12 hours or whatever, woke up, his legs up here. He's got a broken leg, six broken ribs, broken arm, clavicle broken. And he ended up developing uh, this incredible anger and depression, and the word is anhedonism, which means no sex. 
He just didn't desire any. A-N? Anhedonism. Anhedonism. A-N-H-E-D-I-N. I'm going to use that from now on. Anhedonistic. Anhedonism. So he developed this no need for sex. And his testosterone, we tested him, his testosterone was zero. Whoa. He was just shut down. So he was ready to die, probably. Well, there's a lot of problems with not having enough testosterone. Depression, kill yourself, suicide, suicide, and suicide. Well, you say zero, but what was his actual level? Uh, it was something probably 130-something. Really, 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 really uh, In the literature, they look at anything less than 320, 400 by some others. Now, when you see um, the, the, the science that goes behind um, the, uh, the athletic commissions where they have to uh, do certain tests for mm-hmm. uh, drugs mm-hmm. and do certain tests for various performance-enhancing substances, do you think that they should be testing people's free testosterone? They should be making sure that people are healthy enough to compete? In 2006, I was on ESPN to answer that question. It's very difficult to give someone an elixir of youth and say, don't use it. So if you give someone the opportunity to use testosterone, they're going to tend to abuse it. Right. So it means monitoring them before they play the game. But look at football. How old are you when you start playing Pop Warner? Uh, I you... never played football. I was too smart for that shit. Oh, good. So the bottom line <laughs> too is little. you too start little. at what point do you start testing to make sure the hormones are in a normal balance? Right. When do you know? as soon as you possibly can to test them, and then you, every year, you check them to see if they're dropping. Also, you know because they've had um, documented head-to-head injury or they've been um, dinged mm-hmm. and they've got, you know, their bell rung. Um, it's really, that's the difficulty. The commissions won't allow it. You know, look what happened to Lance Armstrong. Aside from everything else, he had a seminoma cancer of his testicle, and he was put on replacement levels of testosterone, and he was allowed to. But then he got greedy and started on a lot of other things, started in embellishing his levels. Oh, really? Yeah. That's God what boy, they say. Lance. And, you know, a lot of the French God Open boy. people have, uh, some of them have been nailed because they had tested uh, look what happened to James Tony after uh, fighting uh, Jose um, in Madison Square Garden. Uh, they tested him and they found that his, they said DECA, nandrolone and taconate, was, uh, which is a form of uh, testosterone, was uh, 13 and the cutoff was 9. But the testing that they do doesn't detect the drug directly. It's indirect. So our testing technology is really bad. Still bad. Bad. Still bad. But Olympic-level testing is really good, right? But uh, athletic commission testing is not quite at that uh, level. Is that what it is? It's the difference between urine testing and uh, blood testing. So it should be blood. It should be blood. I don't care, you know, the, uh, what is it, the uh, the league's, um, uh, the group, the, the league's, uh, what is it? VEDA? Are you talking about, like, uh, It's the ones that protect the... No, it's not the anti-doping. It's the, the leagues, the ones who protect the players from uh, the invasion. Is, is that what it is? The unions? Players' unions? Is it a players' union? Okay, yeah, it's I would a, call it a players' union. Okay, it's players' yeah. union. You know, they protect the, uh, the player from invasion of privacy by having it urine as opposed to blood. Mm-hmm. But blood is more accurate. Well, that's one of, one of the things I was going to ask you. I mean, how, how much of sports today really isn't possible without some sort of performance-enhancing drugs? I think every sport is possible without any enhancement possible in the level that you're seeing it today um yes i mean eating right i mean if you really want to get critical if you're eating really well Mm -hmm. that should be illegal because it's enhancing right if you're taking vitamin supplements 
that's illegal because it's enhancement. Protein powders, protein powders, creatine. taking creatine, you're taking, uh, you know, uh, ribose, you're taking magnesium, taking calcium, all these things that have benefits. You're taking resveratrol, you right. know, arginine. It all helps in the body. So these things should be illegal if you follow that trend of thought. You should not be doing that, anything that puts your capabilities above what the normal level is. But when you see something like the Tour de France specifically, I have heard that the numbers that they achieve in the Tour de France are literally impossible unless you're taking drugs. Uh, blood doping is very common where they take their right. blood out and they mm -hmm. put it back in. Erythropoietin uh, used to be very heavily used, which stimulates your body to produce more red blood cells. Growth hormone was great. Provigil was great. I mean... I know because in reading some of the documents that come to me to evaluate cases, you know, a lot of things were being used to, en to enhance their capabilities. Things like DHEA, Mark McGuire, you know, I only used androstenedione. Dione. Right. You know, now IOC, the International Olympic Committee, doesn't allow for us to use uh, or for the client patients to use um, DHEA, which comes from Mexican wild yams natural source phytohormones don't let them use pregnenolone don't let them use androstenedione which is now off the market you can't have androstenedione because it only takes one chemical uh, reaction to make it into testosterone uh teres tribulus which is a plant-based uh testosterone natural that's banned tribulus is banned tribulus is banned i thought tribulus was extremely mild it still has the ability to become testosterone, teres tribulus. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but isn't it like real like bioavailability is like very small, isn't it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't it's matter. It's on their list. You look at their wow. list. They've got... Um, That's so crazy. They've got uh, decongestants. They have asthma medication. You have to get a, you know, three cardinals and the Pope to sign mm -hmm. off on you for asthma to use some of the rescue inhalers because they can give you... A, a great energy surge. Well, I know some guys uh, who are on uh, Adderall, they were prescribed Adderall, they were told they have to get off it to compete in uh, MMA. Yeah. So they have ADD, and uh, believe it or not, there are articles that talk about testosterone deficiency in ADD. Wow. Also in women with anorexia nervosa who have failed uh, antidepressant therapy, check them for th testosterone deficiency. It's such a good point that you were making about that vitamins should be illegal, that food should be illegal, healthy nutritional supplements should be illegal because they all make you perform better. Correct. So at what point in time are we going to have something like what we're dealing with now is like they're injecting steroids and they're doing hormones, but when they start getting into genetic engineering of human beings, like at what point in time are athletics going to be even valid anymore if you're engineering super people? Mm -hmm. Is there going to come a point in time, do you think? I mean, you're, you're a scientist, you're a doctor, you're a smart dude. When you're looking at the future of human enhancement and not just on a chemical level mm -hmm. or hormonal level, like, you know, you're educated in, but in, you know, when you, when you look at it in a technological level. Yeah, I think these genetic enhancements are for specific use, like military. Like if you want to be the Hulk. If you want to be the Hulk or you Turn want to be Captain America. Could you imagine if they decide to do that? We the develop color, different color. an entire army of like Hulk dudes that literally are built like the Hulk. They're bulletproof. They have fucking spider skin that's mixed with uh, or the, the, the spider silk. They're already developing oh, that. Spider-Man, yeah. Well, they're developing a um, – there's a, a, a artificial skin that they're trying to create that's mixed with spider silk. So it becomes literally bulletproof. You'd have bulletproof skin. Wow. Giant, huge Hulk dudes. You tell me some guys in Nebraska sitting on a farm thinking about going over to Iraq and kicking some ass. Mm -hmm. And they go, listen, man, I'm thinking about doing the Hulk program. 
man, you know that shit's permanent. Yeah. Hey, man, so I'm a Hulk forever. Whatever, I'll be bulletproof. Fuck it. If they offer that to soldiers, we're going to have a real problem on our hands. We're going to have an army of Hulks. Better do away with war. Yes. Do you think that would work? That an army of Hulks would have everybody <coughs> backing off? It's like we haven't had nuclear war since 1947. <coughs> Who hasn't? Well, we haven't. We haven't had nuclear 47? war. Yeah, wasn't it? When we dropped the bombs on Hiroshima, Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki? Nagasaki. Was that 47? No, 45. 45, 45 yeah. 45. Uh, the Enola Gay. The, um, if you stop thinking about that, that's a terrible thing to say. Mm-hmm. You should have just kept it to yourself. Mm. You're that guy. Hey, I have to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> This is free for all. <laughs> it is certainly that. I want to straw with some paper wads. <laughs> I mean, it's literally been the last time anybody used a nuclear bomb. So Against everybody someone. has. Yeah, yeah, and we all have them. It's kind of maybe that's what's going on with the genetic engineering. We all become the Hulk and everybody just stops. That makes sense. <laughs> the fuck it that does. That makes sense. <laughs> Do you do you worry though that you know there is going to come a point in time where there's not going to be natural humans, or do you think it's exciting? Do you do you think that it could be in some way dangerous that we genetically engineer human beings to live to be a thousand years old and be able to jump over buildings, or do you think? I mean, what, how do you feel about well, it? Well, I think that we've we've been modified already. Mm-hmm. We've been modified, and with what we eat, we modify ourselves. What we've been injected with, we've modified ourselves, and I think that. Um, there are, let's see, there's a uh, center that's using uh, stem cells to generate new heart valves. So we're going to have artificial, natural artificial uh, replacement organs. So you go to the, you know, to the bank and you press a new heart or you press, a, you know, a longer schlong or whatever situation is. Uh, we'll have medications to make our heart work better, our uh, lungs breathe better, to bring in more oxygen if we have any oxygen left in our atmosphere. You know, it's dropped from 21% to, I think, or 22% down to 19%. Our oxygen level in our atmosphere has dropped? Has dropped. If Since you, when? Um, millions of years. It's dropped. They Over found, millions of years. They found oxygen trapped in ice that's dated back millions of years, and they measured the amount of oxygen in it. Wasn't that uh, part of the theory why dinosaurs were so large? And, uh, higher oxygen concentration? Yeah, there's a higher oxygen concentration and that they were uh, able to move through the atmosphere more easily because because uh, of their considerable bulk. It would have been not so much of an impediment to movement with the, yeah, this different atmosphere. Yeah. Again, a theory that I fucking glanced over and then I'm spouting out as if I wrote the, the paperwork myself. So um, that over the millions of years, the oxygen, oxygen level has been has dropping. Dropped. And also, you know, we're killing down the regenerating sources in the Amazon. Right. Right? We're killing all the, you know, the trees and everything to build houses. The you Amazon know. thing is really depressing. Yeah. I was listening to um, something uh, on the way over here where it was a discussion of uh, the Peruvian rainforest mm-hmm. and their collection of rubber in the early 1900s. And how this uh, population of indigenous people went from 45,000 down to 3,500 in little, or little over, you know, five, six years. They made these people go out and collect rubber for them, and they gave them a quota that they had to reach. And every ounce that they were under that quota, they would take out in human flesh. So they would chop people's arms off or, you know, a pound, put them on a scale. Like, they, they slaughtered these people and scared the fuck out of them. Mm. The same sort of techniques that Cortez used uh, on, the, uh, on the Aztecs way, way back in the day. So it's like literally the same sort of practice, and, but it happened in the early 1900s. 
terrifying shit. The, the amount of like evil shit that goes on in the rainforest, they just chop it down, make a profit, chop it down. There's plenty of it. Keep going. Until one day they're going to get to a point in time where they realize they just hacked down a hundred million thousand-year-old trees, and it's going to take a thousand years for them to grow back, and now we're fucked. Yeah, fortunately, people like Bono and Cher have been buying up large blocks of uh, territory in the Amazon to preserve Could it. Could you imagine if the Earth has to be saved by Bono and Cher? <laughs> Together, they save the Earth. Who else? With Google. They get together with, with Google, Google, and they save the Earth. They've been buying up the rainforest? Yep. How cheap is the rainforest that they could just buy it up like that? Uh, it, <laughs> Who's it was, selling it to them? Who owns that shit? The government. The, the government. The Do they government. really own it? Shit. It's the yeah. Earth. Earth's place. You, you, the, the idea that people are just going to keep doing that until they run out of forests is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Because it could happen. And all the medicinal things that we're losing because mm -hmm. they say there are species of plants and animals, insects and bugs and so forth that have been decimated, removed off the planet, extinct yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying yeah. stuff. Um, you know about the Brazilian wandering spider that they've uh, discovered in the Amazon? No, I've they're never using, seen it wandering. They're uh, doing research it's on Jewish? it to try to convert <laughs> They're doing research on them to try to convert it uh, into a Viagra-type medication because the sting of the uh, wandering f spider injects a type of venom that it causes you to have an insanely painful erection. And if you survive, which a lot of people don't, it's a very toxic spider. But if you do survive, your penis will be broken forever. It'll never work again. That it somehow or another interacts with your body's production of nitric oxide, mm -hmm. and it just overfloods your system with it, and your whole body goes into this incredibly painful, shocking state of muscle contraction, including your cack. Really? And then it breaks like a fucking like a ballpark Frank. You know, they plump when you cook them. That's, it. that's what's going to happen. Pop. Boom. By just an evil spider. So they're trying to convert this thing into some sort of a Drug. Viagra thing. Yeah, you just use two uh, Sudafed. Sudafed works? To counter it. Oh. Are you joking? Nope. What do you mean? Sudafed will counter the effect. Of the Brazilian wandering spider? Uh, of, like, Viagra. If you're telling me it's oh, working Viagra. the same thing as Viagra, Levitra, Silas. I don't think it works the same. I mean, obviously, it's way it's more potent. Yeah. But it still blocks the same thing. Oh, okay. So, and if you do that, what do you take and how much? Uh, you take the... uh, Sudafed. But what is the. Um, uh, say I think Sudafed, it's 30 milligrams mean? per tablet, and it's two tablets. But what is Sudafed? It's a decongestant. It uh, reverses. No, no, no. I mean, like, is there a chemical name for Sudafed? Like... Pseudoephedrine. Pseudoephedrine. Ephedrine. Oh, okay. So From it's like ephedrine. a speed. So Sudafed is like a speed, sort yeah, of? Yeah, it causes the blood vessels to do this. Viagra causes it to do this. This causes that. Wow. Yeah. So if you take that sort of speed stuff after you take Viagra, your unbelievably painful erection will go down. Correct. Yeah. And it's called priapism. Those poor bastards. Yeah. Sometimes they have to get their penises drained. <laughs> yeah. Ouchie, wah, wah. It's because they got crazy, right? Yeah. They went too nutty. Too much. Too much. You got too crazy. Got that 10-hour boner, son. <laughs> now you're not so happy. People are so stupid, though. Like, if you give them the... They can order as many cheeseburgers as they want. I want five. Five cheeseburgers. If you just give them a bottle of this crazy Brazilian wandering spider dick pill and they take that shit home, they're just going to suck down the whole bottle. People are nutty. Where'd you read that? Scientific American? I know it because it's in my art. Ah. Because I'm very intuitive and I'm a healer. And I'm, <laughs> I'm out there holding hands with people and healing them. I met a dude once who told me he was a healer. I walked away. I was like, we're not talking anymore, dude. You're not a fucking healer. 
I'm a healer, basically a healer. Have you ever had anybody try to heal you, Mark Gordon? No chick stories. No. <laughs> Settle down. It's not. it's not that kind of show. No, I've never had anyone try to heal me other than an MD. Ah, well, then you're a smart man. And a psychiatrist and uh, the bottle of scotch. Scotch mm. doesn't work. As long as you have that glutathione nearby. To glutathione, snap you th- right hormone replenishment, keeping my hormones. I lost. I was at the beginning of this whole sojourn that I went on from being diagnosed with a hormone deficiency. I weighed 178 pounds. 21% body fat. 18 months later, I was 214 pounds at 9 to 10 pounds, uh, 9 to 10% body fat. Wow. Yeah. Because the thyroid deficiency, you know, was helping me to gain all this weight and low testosterone. Do you think that the social stigma that's attached to people cheating in sports and steroids uh, that keeps people from exploring the idea of hormonal replacement, but there seems to be a stigma behind it, like the idea of taking testosterone or... Whatever the fuck you're taking, growth hormone. Yeah. Well, that- I think it's a, a medical issue where the the medical community as a whole has taken this position of demonizing testosterone and growth hormone and all the hormone as, and also saying that, you know, they don't really need to be replaced. Mm-hmm. But I've got, what, 7,000 articles in my library on this new book that I'm working on for head trauma where... Almost every single one has a positive statement to make about how it improves mental functioning, how it improves uh, depression, anxiety, and how it improves um, personal interactions, sexual drive, physical stamina, and so forth and so on. And you get a number of articles that come out to refute it because it just doesn't uh, fit in the social, cultural design that is being made for us. And the articles that come out to refute it, you're talking about scientific articles. Scientific articles. What's the basis of their argument against it? Well, if you really read close, their scientific study, like the one that came out recently, you probably saw, it was in, uh, I think, New England Journal of Medicine or the JAMA, where it said that people who take testosterone after they've had a cardiovascular event, heart attack or something, or had a stint put in or had open-heart surgery, that they die at a couple of percents greater than the people who don't use it. But if you looked at the study, it was a flawed study. It was a flawed study, and it was, um, you know, it was spun so that it would put more fear into people about testosterone. Do you think that that's done on purpose? Do you think that this is something like they say, okay, what is the angle where we can attack testosterone? Correct. Well, you have this angle. You could say we have this one test, and it could be interpreted erroneously this way. So let's do that and pretend it's under good faith. Correct. Oh. So there are academicians. Uh, there's one that I interact with at UCLA who reviewed it and wrote a little article, a little statement on how flawed this, this study was. And, you know, there are people coming up that people can become famous for either developing something or refuting something that was developed. Mm-hmm. You know, just amount of, equal amount of people want to hear that what you developed is bullshit. Just as amount as people, there's an equal amount of people who want to hear that what you developed is beneficial. We don't want to hear that. When it comes to science and medicine, we don't ever want to believe there's ego involved. We just don't. We just we don't want to hear it. Yeah, right. People people fight that like they fight the daddy's an asshole. If you found out the daddy really was an asshole, you know, you're like, God damn it. I was holding out hope that daddy wasn't an asshole. Yeah. Why is that? Human nature. It's just human nature. We don't also, ever want to think that companies would compete knowing that the result would be that you, you might take something effective out of the market just because you're trying to profit, but people could benefit from it. Yeah. 
I know that <clears throat> there are congressional laws behind growth hormone that makes it illegal for any doctor to dispense it for, quote-unquote, anti-aging. Well, see, you know, why does it make it illegal for anyone to dispense it for any reasons if it's effective in enhancing health? Correct. But a colleague of mine who sees a lot of people from the government in Washington, a lot of them are on growth hormone. Of course they are, the old fucking creepy bastards. Yeah, it's like trying to live forever and they shut everybody else down. That's right. It's like the, <laughs> Cong I mean, the Constitution states that whatever Congress passes, they have to use too. But they've exempted themselves from the, uh, the new health care laws. Well, there's just a lot of really weird rules. Like there has to be something grossly wrong with you for you to be prescribed something that could be beneficial. Like you know the story behind ProVigil. Sure. You know, when ProVigil first came along, they were trying to make a, 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 a drug that enhances cognitive function. And the government was like, no, it's got to cure a disease. And they went, okay, narcolepsy. So they use it for fucking narcolepsy, but really what it is is a performance-enhancing drug. Correct. For mental acuity. Yeah, but, they keep, but how crazy is that that you can't say that? You can't say, well, we've got something that makes you think better. <laughs> Are you stopping a disease? If you're not... Stop right now. What you have is illegal. Well, they found a use for ProVigil and mm -hmm. NuVigil that's outside of narcolepsy, and it's called workplace fatigue. And they ah. gave it what's called an ICD-9, which is the International that. Classification of Disease Coding. Dude, I got a disease. Yeah, you've got, you know, <laughs> because you work so late... Yes, you know, I have a disease. In the morning, you wake up and you're fatigued. I need a ProVigil. How many scripts do you want of it? Those are yeah. probably not good to eat every day, though, right? No. <laughs> Tim, Tim Ferriss was on the podcast talking about that, in fact, and he said uh, there's no biological free lunch. And, uh, Correct. That one seems... You always have to pay. Seems like it works a little too well to be safe. Well, mm -hmm. new vigil, cheaper, and also smoother. Really? Well, uh, new vigil is actually the only shit that I've tried. But uh, it's uh, pretty shocking how well that stuff works. You almost are reluctant to talk about it. How much is each pill? I don't know. About uh, 150? 150 milligrams? Or right, no, money, no. money, money wise? Uh, I don't know. It's like 20 to $25 a pill. <gasps> how much is uh, Levitra Silas and Viagra it. now? It used to, I used to buy it you know, because I have you a pharmacist license. Because yeah. you, <laughs> Seven bucks, you wanted eight a hard bucks? dick. That's why you bought it, goddammit. Absolutely. Because you, you had a pharmacist license. <laughs> why did. <laughs> Why didn't you buy like birth control pills while you're at it? You didn't need those, all right, fella? <laughs> I personally don't take birth control pills. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I That's think it's right. a bad idea. Just let nature run its course. Absolutely. Get pregnant. If you get pregnant, be the first. Absolutely. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, reluctance to talk about uh, ProVigil and NuVigil. In fact, I had a guy that's uh, from MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Psychedelic Studies Group, didn't, was, wasn't going to tell... The, like the audience that he was on ProVigil while the show was on. I was like, why would you hide that? He's like, well, it just seems like, he goes, I flew here, I was very tired. I go, it's a totally legitimate reason to take it. Like, and it's not a bad thing. You're obviously not, it's not like you're drunk. It's not like you're out of control. You're functioning totally normally. Like, why be ashamed? And he wasn't really ashamed, but he was a bit concerned about the, like, like, People would not take him seriously. Oh, the guy wasn't even sober when he was on the show. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, that's what it is. It's not you're doing scientific studies. You're not just using it as an excuse or a crutch. So he was a, a little bit reluctant, which I thought was really fascinating. Yeah, but it's not speed. No, no, it's you know? not at all. It doesn't uh, you know warp your uh, cognition, your brain, and you're not talking rapidly and smoking cigarettes and you know tremors. Yeah, that can be a real issue with people, huh? Mm -hmm. There's a lot this of people stuff that doesn't get, do it. I've seen people that have had real problems with that Adderall stuff, where they just get whacked out. And you they know can't what it stop. is? 
What? Methamphetamine. Adderall is methamphetamine. Adderall is methamphetamine. Listen, I hate to interrupt here, but I have to pee. I've, I want to keep the show going, but I have to pee. So, Jamie, please talk to him about meth. Okay. <laughs> I've taken Adderall before. I took it once, and I wanted to do some art projects. And oh. I'd never taken it. friend gave it to me, so I took a time-release capsule, hope, hoping that it would just give me a little, a little oh, dink. But right. it kept me up for two days. I oh, yeah. felt like I was poopy all day. Yeah. Um, you know, I restricted my own license, my own prescribing license. So I only do class three. You know, they have uh, class up uh, to class one, okay. you know, heroin and uh, quaaludes and whatever mm-hmm. else. And two is um, Adderall. And I restricted my license because I had so many people coming in thinking that they can just get Adderall because they're asking for it. And I'm very, very strict on how I dispense stuff. I try not to dispense any medications that I don't absolutely have to. And I find that a lot of times that when you correct the underlying hormone deficiencies that the the person gets better, their cognition, their energy level improves. In fact, in traumatic brain injury, the number one symptom across all the studies is fatigue. And the minute you correct their hormones, the fatigue's gone. Wow. I had, uh, you know, initially a lot of people coming in from the military. The military likes using things like Adderall and um, ProVigil and NuVigil. NuVigil and ProVigil are... They work very well without causing a lot of side effects, but methamphetamine, the silliest thing that I have is patients who come in on a multitude of antipsychotic drugs like antidepressants and so forth, and because they're on so much to control how bad they feel, they have, they're fatigued. And so the doctors counters it with Adderall and then adds another drug because they can't sleep at night called Trasodon so they can sleep. Here's the question, though. Is there ever going to come a point in time where they can engineer the perfect blend and you take something and everything just works perfect. I mean, and if we're enhancing our bodies in any way with new chemicals and new medical innovation, right. do you think there's going to be, I mean, maybe this is just, they're just not that good at it yet. But one day they're going to have this one pill and you take it and boom. Yeah. I don't think there'll be just one pill. I think there'll be one pill for people like you and one pill for people like uh, me okay. because we're so genetically diverse and biochemically diverse that it would be nice to have one pill fits all, but that's it's impossible. It's impossible, yeah. right. But do you feel that there will be some sort of conditions like that in the very near and foreseeable future? Yeah. Um, you know, they're working on a, I don't know if you remember, I think it was Star Trek number two with Bones is walking through the hospital in San Francisco and he hands a pill to a woman who's getting ready to have a renal kidney transplant and she takes it and her kidneys start functioning again. Oh, we're going to be yeah. finding we're going to be finding medications that turn the genetic code on for different areas, and that's why I was asking about you know your genetics being tested. Um, we have products that are being studied to turn on the genetic matrix, and we have others that stimulate what they call epigenetics. It's not the genes, mm-hmm. but it's the things that control the genes. Mm-hmm. So you can influence the genes directly, and then you can influence the um, the way the genes are expressed in epigenetics. So I think they'll find, once they finalize the... We have the map, but we don't know where we're going with genetic coding. We know that it's A, C, D, B, 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 but we don't know what that piece does. Right. We don't know, you know, we know the BR gene for breast cancer. We know this thing for that cancer and so mm-hmm. forth. And we're still trying to figure out what that coding means. 
what each piece of it means. It's a piece of a puzzle. And it's just, is it just because it's a new science and it's just an Correct. incredibly complex puzzle, and, but you, you, you're confident that eventually they'll have... Eventually they'll have it, and once they learn how to master without creating zombies or something... Gee, fuck. Zombies, man. <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah. My kids got me into Walking Dead, so... Um, don't, you're going to quit right after the last season. You're going to get upset with yourself. Well... For watching it. The first season was fucking spectacular. The first season got everybody hooked. It is just not like that anymore. But when you see something like World War Z or you see something Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. do you worry that one day there's going to be some sort of a... Absolutely. Absolutely. You know... You know the old saying, don't fuck with Mother Nature. I never heard that. I, I grew up in did. New Jersey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck with Mother Nature. Boston and New Jersey. They yeah, didn't got teach you. Us that. Sure, sure. They didn't teach us that in Boston either. No. Don't fuck you were with Mother in Nature. You were in parochial school? Mother Nature was a cunt that made it snow. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. <laughs> no, I wasn't so, in parochial school. So what's going to... I'm not sure exactly what parochial school is. That's right. What is that? You get parochial. It's a religious school. Oh, no. For wayward boys. Catholic school for one year. Oh, Sorry. So what? So I did Loyola for two. Good Jewish did you? boy. Oh, yeah. So wow. I got my graduate degree. Congratulations! Yeah. You made it through. That's like nom. Absolutely. So tell me. So um, you know, my fear is that when we start playing with stuff we don't fully understand, we're going to have a lot of errors or a number of errors. That's why up in Antarctica they have those little compounds. So in case anything goes wrong, it's in one little area. Do you listen to the Alex Jones show? No. <laughs> I know. The FEMA camps and Antarctica. No, this is biotechnology camps. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so they have, like, in yeah. case the shit hits the fan. Yeah. In cold areas, you know, it's not like, uh, what was that from, jeez, um, uh, the uh, zombie movie, uh, the first one that started the whole series. It was from a computer program, computer game. Computer game. Yeah, it came out of a computer game where the a zombie came out of a computer game. No, no, no. Back off. Hey, easy. You're <laughs> the one who's yeah. shitty at explaining things. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't remember the name of the program because I don't do games. Right. I don't play games. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Mi- Milo, Milo, Milo Jojovich. Yeah. What's what, the name of that series? Those? The Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Evil. Yeah. yeah. That was a God computer damn, game, she's wasn't hot. it? Whew, that was she's like surface. Yeah, yeah, PlayStation. That chick is surface of the sun hot. Like scary hot, like yeah. ruin your life hot. She's Woo. matured. So anyway, hot, you know, still hot as they fuck. were playing with trying to enhance the quality of li- life, and they came with a retrovirus that created the, right. the problem. So if yeah. you look at probably Walking Dead, it's for retrovirus. The th- well, rage was the stuff that they'd given the chimpanzee. <laughs> look at that. God damn, that's a woman. Oh, that shit makes me nervous. Women like that make me nervous, man. Yeah. I know, man. I'm too stupid to be around someone like that. Um, th- so that was uh, in the movie uh, 28 Days Later, that Rage. They had given it to these chimpanzees, and they had developed some sort of a genetic uh, disease, mm-hmm. some creation, an artificial disease, and it got out and turned everybody into savages. That was a realistic scenario? Well, they're all potentially realistic when we start screwing around with genetics. <sighs> you know? It's all potential. It's like, you know, when they were making the atomic bomb, they, th- they were afraid to, to light it off because they thought that the ionosphere would be ignited and the earth would burn. Yeah, but okay. they said, well, let's see. 
We'll see. That's right. Yeah. But that's the attitude they took. <laughs> that is the they attitude said, they took. They said, oh, retrovirus, uh, you know, it can make zombies out of everybody, but uh, we're not sure. Let's see if it enhances them before it makes them into a zombie. And it's not like we don't have massive amounts of examples of terrible situations when it comes to, like, animal life and, like, as spiders and tigers in Africa or tigers in Asia and lions in Africa. Like, there's plenty of examples of horrific hells on Earth. You know, if you happen to be in them. And if you're uh, an antelope and you're running around and, and, and there was no lions and all of a sudden the lion was there, you'd be like, fuck! Well, if we're running around cities and there's no zombies and then one day there are zombies, that's gonna fucking suck. Yeah. And if it is one of those things where they bite you and then you have it and then you bite someone and they have it and it just spreads like in that fucking World War Z movie. Yeah, but, but. in Walking Dead... What's the premise there that we all already have it in us? That premise is whack. How did it happen? A, if we I, were if immunized. I found out that I was going to be a zombie, I'd shoot myself in the fucking head. What am I yeah. going to do? This b- band of fucking scallywags they're trotting around the country with, they're going to fix it? They're not going to fix that. This what season end are they badly. in? What season are they Season a billion. Uh. Those fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Try Making watching money. it on television and get broken up every five minutes with a Tide ad. <sighs> Try watching that shit on TV? So you're worried about you're worried about genetic genetic engineering. engineering. Yeah, yeah. Are you worried about it with foods? Do you do you eat like totally organic and no GMOs and all that stuff? What is this, sir? I brought you one. What is it? No GMO. What is it called? It's ratio. Ratio. And uh, is it a protein bar? Yep. Twenty four so, grams of protein, twelve of net carbs, and four of uh, fiber. Nice. And no GMO, no artificial sh- stuff in it. What's the source of the protein? Um, cum. Hey, easy. <laughs> What kind of fucking doctor are you? (laughs) There's people out there that are writing this down. I'm like, (laughs) C-U-M for common used materials. Oh, that's true. Soy. This is soy? So I thought soy made your tits grow. Maybe on you. (laughs) Want to try one? Here, Jamie. Wow, this is delicious. Yeah. Mm. The one that I didn't bring you was the peanut butter and chocolate. No, I thought soy, for real. I thought it made dudes go pregnant. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it make your estrogen grow? No, it has a light estrogen. Genistein and diastein is found in Mm. soy, but you have to eat a whole bunch of that. That's not true, because Brian Redband, you didn't meet him? He ate like three edamames (laughs) and he started crying. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he was watching, um, it was a Meg Ryan film. Oh, yeah, that'll do it every time. Fucking edamame will get you, dude. Yeah, I love that stuff. Soy sauce, that shit will get you. Well, it's a premise that I have is why, and I apologize to any of my Asian brothers and sisters. Something racist is is coming. Yeah. (laughs) It's like saying I'm not a racist, (laughs) but. (laughs) Here. This is a theory that I'm working on. Why is it that Asian women have smaller breasts than Western world women? And the reason is you look at their soy intake. Soy is has these two chemicals, genistein and diastein, which can block the estrogen receptors because it's a weak estrogen receptor. And the strong estrogen re- estrogen is estradiol, which causes breast tissue to grow. Mm. So women who are in Asia who migrate to Hawaii have higher, larger breasts, higher estradiol functioning. And they come to the United States even higher because we've got so much shit, xenoestrogens in our food. That's why we talk with a high voice sometimes. Wow. We have a lot of hormones. The federal government, thank God, just said we had to take out antibiotics from some of our poultry. We can no longer use in livestock. Uh, I think this year it starts or next year. They can't use antibiotics because our resistance to antibiotics is possibly coming from the fact that a lot of our meat has antibiotics in it so that the animals are protected. 
So it transfers when it, when an animal gets so antibiotics and you get the meat, you get that antibiotic. Where wow. do you think it reservoirs? The reservoirs in the uh, tissue, right? And is it killed off by heat or temperature or anything? You'd have to really cook it. Oh, you'd really. Have and to that's cook not it. what we do. No. no. So, hey, so, how crazy. do you like your? Sorry, how do you like your meat? I like venison. You like venison? Okay. Yeah, I'm on a goal. My, I have a goal in 2014. By the end of 2014, I want to be entirely game meat in my house. Just so you're freezers. gonna go out? And... Yes, shooting things. I shot mm-hmm. that thing over there. You shot the skull? No, I shot the whole deer. That's, oh. that's what's left. That's I shot another shot one this the skull. year. They're delicious. It's it's a thousand times better than any meat that you'd ever get at a supermarket. And on top of that, it's way healthier. It, it tastes different. When you eat it, you feel energized. That shit is good so for you. So it's free range. 100%. Yeah, so, That duh. motherfucker was hanging out in Montana in, in the mountains. We crept up on him and ganked him. You shot him? Then, yum, or yum, you yum, bowed yum, him? Yum, 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 yum. I, I, I shot him with a bullet. With mm. um, with a gun, but I'm gonna start. Um, sh- I'm shooting archery now. I just started doing that to practice. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I'm not even thinking about shooting an animal until I get really fucking good. I wounded a deer because my my uh, scope was off because I'd fallen, and when I'd fallen the right, and I didn't know it was so easy to throw it off. I even asked somebody if mm-hmm. like could it be thrown off if you fell. He's like, you'd have to fall really hard. You could drop those things. And they're fine. But it turns out that the guy who installed my scope, he didn't tighten it down very much, so I wounded an animal. It's a terrible feeling. Did you chase after it? For two hours. We looked for it for two hours. Um, And then um, we came to the conclusion that it's probably wounded but not mortally wounded. Mm. It's a very fucking horrible, depressing feeling. Mm. You know, especially when I put a, a shitload of time into marksmanship. I went to the range and shot 90 rounds one day and then another at least 30 or 40 the next day before we went just to get everything tightened down. And I was doing it with a 300 Win Mag, a really powerful rifle. So I wanted to make sure that I was real. So the first deer I killed, perfect, clean shot. But the second one, I missed it altogether, and then I wounded in the second attempt Mm -hmm. to hit it. So you're at the range with a full round, with a full loads? Well, there's some rifle ranges you can go to. They're outdoors, but they're rifle ranges specifically, mm-hmm. and they have targets set up at 400 yards, 700 yards, 900 yards, 100 mm-hmm. yards, 200 yards, the whole deal. They have, like, fucking these yeah. little metal things way out in the distance you can shoot at. Oh, the plates. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good you're going to uh, either a crossbow or a, a longbow because you uh, probably won't be able to get the bullets. Well, you can use copper. You can use copper. Yeah, that's what's going on now with like hunting. There, in a lot of uh, ranches and things in California, they're trying to eliminate lead because lead is really dangerous right. to the environment, to the animals that eat it. Birds put it in their gullet and they mm. get sick. Animals eat the birds. People eat the animals that eat the birds. Yeah, I'm thinking more on the lines of uh, Homeland Security buying up the millions <sighs> and millions of rounds. Is that I'm, true? Yep. That's not Alex Jones stuff. No. Homeland Security's buying up bullets. Yep. What are they going to do with them? They're buying up. Give them away. I'll have a giveaway. <laughs> Look, if they buy them, it means less for us to buy. Yeah, that's true. But people are always going to make bullets. They're just going to help out the bullet industry. People make their own loads, yeah. too. Do you know that the U.S. government used to return the uh, metal jackets to the United States to be smelted down and regenerated for bullets? And it went mm-hmm. into the general population to do it. You know where it's going now? Where? China. China. Damn it, I knew it was China. 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 Yeah. Did you get now? You've got aluminum jackets. Yeah. You've got aluminum jackets now. Some of them. Yeah. With yeah. copper, with uh, copper bullets. Well, some of them are still brass. A lot of them are brass. But either, either way, I mean, the um, the federal government trying to take away bullets is, at this point it seems I pretty mean, insane. Unbelievable. I was reading an article 
Were they? And it wasn't Alec Jones. What are they doing with all that? Unless they're planning on killing us. There you go. There it <laughs> I mean, is. With, they're like the internet, these fucks. We're going to shoot everybody's computer. Go look at, I think it's called the 302 or 327, which is the sniper rifle rounds. Look at how many they bought. Oh, my God. They're going to snipe us. And this is for Homeland Security, not for uh, the military going outside the United States. Well, that's depressing. Maybe they know about an alien invasion that we don't. How about that? Maybe it's already here. Maybe that's why Obama's going gray. They told him about the aliens. And he's like, fuck. God damn it. Buy the, but just buy the bullets. Buy the bullets. Did you We're going to set up snipers. Everybody get practice. The YouTube has something about um, lizard eyes or the lizard people. Oh, you mean David Icke? Is that David what you're talking Icke. About? Yeah. yeah David he wants Icke. to come on the podcast. I don't know uh, if I could have him on and not talk about the lizards, but I don't think he wants to talk about the lizards anymore. What is he on now? Um, well, he's got some actually interesting, valid points on corruption and, you know, the Illuminati and, you know, just the, the way of the world. But at one point in time, he apparently, allegedly, was stating that there were certain people that are in control and posi- positions of power in the world that actually are lizards. Lizard people. They're the reptilians. They the reptilians. shifters or it. some shit. And everybody was like, okay. Yeah, right. You know, so now he doesn't say that anymore. What happens if <laughs> all this disinformation is to refute people like David stating about the reptilian people and they really exist? The reptilian people don't exist. I'll okay. tell you right now. Good. Okay, here's a bunch of shit that's not real. Ready? Go. Um, black people looking for Bigfoot. Not real. <laughs> it's not real. That doesn't exist. Uh, let me think what else doesn't real. Unicorns, definitely not real. Um, Bigfoot? I gotta go with not real. I know I want to go with real. Right. I wish it was real. This is um, uh, Pat McGee. This go, is what go, you're talking This about. is the guy who made the werewolf in the front yard. He's uh, he's gonna make a movie uh, on Bigfoot, and he's crowdsourcing it, and he's building all of the uh, the parts in his lab here. And he made this video and sent it to me today. It's fucking sick. It's if they wanted to do like one of those Patterson Gimlin movies now. Boy, they could freak people the fuck out. Because the artificial Bigfoots that they create now are, are amazing. The work that they've done in, in special effects. Like, look at this. They're doing this one hair at a time. This is incredible. The face looks too duck-like. <laughs> Until they put the uh, skin over it. Yeah, no, it's incredible. Look at this. See, he won't get TBI. It's got a lot of protection on it. That is so wild. It's neat. Wow. And that's what it looks like when it's all done. God damn, that's awesome. <laughs> that's That seems like something that would be in like a modern version of Twilight Zone. God damn, that is amazing. Primal Rage. <laughs> that looks really cool. As long as it's all shadowy. They make a big mistake when they try to make monster movies and make everything like real crystal clear. Like, come on, stupid. You got to keep shit in the shadows. Your CGI is not that good. Stop showing off. Stop showing off with your fucking fake Bigfoot. So yeah, why isn't Bigfoot real? Why, why don't you real? think it's real? Well, um, I, I don't not think it's real. Um, I went to the Pacific Northwest actually looking for Bigfoot for the sci-fi show that I did. And um, I'm convinced that I talked to people that believe that they saw something. 
Uh, what it actually is, who knows? But the reality of the Pacific Northwest is the density of the forest is incredible. It's hard to imagine if you've never visited there. I had an idea in my head of what it would be like, but the the enormity of it all and how insignificant and tiny I felt when I was in it, that place is like a magical rainforest. It's a true rainforest. It's gorgeous. And the inside is filled with bright green moss, and the trees are filled with bright green leaves. And it's only sunny like every other day or something like that. Most of the time, it's just raining constantly, and it's fucking lush, man. Like like a dense box of Q-tips is how I describe like the, the trees there. And you realize once you're there, like, oh, who knows out, what's out here? There might be anything out here. But the idea that... It's gone this long with all these people looking for it. No one's brought back a body. Nobody came across. Nobody shot it. Nobody. Uh, most likely bullshit. So you're basically saying because they haven't had more evidence. There's not enough evidence um, that is every evidence that they've ever found, whether it's DNA testing, whether it's uh, that's me and Duncan in the woods. Look at us. We're looking around. We're squatching with John and Steve. Um Every piece of evidence that they've ever found has turned out to be bear shit. Or This was a fascinating thing. We found a teepee of uh, trees that were ripped out of the ground and like put into position. You know, and some of them like were like literally ripped out by their root ball. Like The amount of strength that someone would have to have to do that and to do it that way. So that was it? That was another piece. There was, was, there was a, a broke-off branch that was broke off in the middle of the tree. And these guys were convinced that Bigfoot did that. <laughs> cool guys, man. They had a cool attitude too, because their attitude was even if there's no Bigfoot, they're still out camping, enjoying nature, and like indulging in this. No fantasy. footprints. Well, they do find footprints, but the issue with this area of the Pacific Northwest is that what you you see these guys walking on right here, that stuff is so soft. It's so incredibly dense with pine needles. They said that there's between five and six feet of compressed pine needles wow. under your feet, I and mean, then eventually becomes dirt, and you know it breaks Good down. Grip. But it's so soft. You're walking on everything. It's like a big sponge. Yeah, so you it's can't really get footprints. Cool. It's really fucking cool, though. You see elk everywhere. They're just running through that place like rats. And this woman who was uh, one of the people that lives up there in the mountain, up in Mount Rainier, she Watch. was the most convincing. Because she just didn't seem like a bullshit artist at all. And she said she saw these elk running, and she was looking to see what they were running from as she was on a hike. And she turned, she's like, oh, there's a gorilla. Oh, my God, that's Bigfoot. And she said it's the only time she ever saw it. She never saw it since. But she said she saw this thing. She saw it for about five or six seconds, maybe a little bit more. Move in between trees. You know, she's trying to estimate while she's freaking out. And then she realized, holy shit, I saw a Sasquatch. Maybe it was a bear that got it hit in the face with a rock. You know, who knows? Maybe and the Canadian Indians, the native Indians of Canada, they have lots of stories on. Not just they have lots of stories. They have over 200 different names for it. This is interesting. Because it doesn't mean that people haven't made up, you know, mythical animals and things in the past. They certainly have. And if you wanted to think about some old man that lives in the woods and, you know, some why, you know, you never know what the fuck's around any corner when you're in the woods, especially back then in the Indian days. You know, they, it's probably a good cautionary tale to pretend there's some giant wild man living in the woods that's much larger than you and doesn't give a fuck and hides from cameras. You know, it seems like it's a good thing to tell your kids. What was that movie, Henry and the Hendersons? That was most Harry? likely real. <laughs> that was about That's real. what I was going to say. I believe that movie. I think that it's possible that there could be an animal that we haven't discovered. That it's that animal, ooh, that's a tough one. Well, with such a dense vegetation mm -hmm. up there. It's so big. 
That's the problem. This thing's giant. It would need to eat a lot of food. Mm. It would need to be fucking eaten constantly. Has, has anyone sent a, uh, set up either thermal sensors? Hey, or yeah. They've yeah, set yeah. up everything and tremolos, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the... They've set up uh, game cameras. No one's ever caught a, a Bigfoot on a game camera. When you stop and think about how much shit gets caught on game cameras, that's quite shocking. Because they're really prevalent now. It's like the same argument about UFOs and cell phone cameras. Well, why didn't you take a picture? Why didn't you have a camera? Everybody has a camera now. Sure. But there's still not like this massive influx of UFO videos that are legitimate. They're still all horseshit. So as they, these game cameras become more and more prevalent in the woods where people go out hunting or they go out sightseeing or looking for animals, you know. Wasn't there a recent in the Northwest there was, uh, or Midwest there was a sighting with lights that were just hovering? Hundreds of people took pictures of it. Oh, you're talking about um, the the uh, Phoenix Lights. Was that the Phoenix Lights? Yeah, line? the Phoenix Lights. I think that was in the late 90s. No, I there was something say. more, I think, more recent. Really? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. The Phoenix Lights were, um, I believe it was the 90s. It was um, gas bubbles. I talk to people that, when I, I, I go to Phoenix all the time. In fact, I'm going to Phoenix this weekend. This weekend, ladies and gentlemen, at Stand Up Live with the lovely and talented Tom Segura. But um, I've talked to people that were there when that happened, and they were pretty convincing, man. They, 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 they believed they saw something. But what it was, like, who knows? But they all described, like, a bunch of people described this giant, like, triangle that was flying silently through the sky. And, you know, maybe. Or they could have been just fucking freaking out. Area 51. Area 51. I think that's what it is. Area 51, they launched... They just said, let's just go freak out Phoenix. How do you think uh, we went through such a rapid technological advancement since 19, late 50s? Do you think it's because of aliens? Where do you get our technology? You think? You're a full-on nutter. Look at you. Absolutely. Anti-vaccine. We believe in aliens. You believe that alien technology has We're not alone in the universe. Hey, you say that. I feel really alone. You do? Sometimes I get... I'll give you a hug later. (laughs) (laughs) So you believe that it's actually possible that someone has uh, somehow or another kept people from the information that human beings have been visited and that we have actually received technology from aliens? The possibility is there. Wow. What would you say a percentage? I agree with you the possibility is there. I don't know what a percentage would be. You know, what is the one that keeps me sane percentage versus, you know, crazy? Hmm. What's the percentage? Um, there is no. <laughs> there is, there is no. Okay. Well, I, I, I honestly, I mean, all bullshit aside, putting myself out there, not, not worried about what I look like, you know, because if you start talking about aliens, you do look like an idiot. Let's just accept that. I, I submit to that. Um, I don't think we look like regular monkeys. I think we look different. Yep. It's weird. It's weird how we look different. And mm-hmm. I know that there's been a bunch of different stages of us along the way. I get all that. But man, they seem like they were pretty recent. <laughs> Those fucking things seem pretty recent. And when they find out that people's brain size doubled over a period of two million years and there's no logical explanation, right. I go, oh, huh, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> how, did we, how did we start talking? How did all that happen? What, is it possible that something came down and fucked with us the same way we fuck with virtually everything that we find in the wild? And is that possible? I mean, we, we inject fucking lipstick into rabbits to see if it kills them, you know? Guano. Yeah. Bat shit. That's yeah. what they use for lipstick? Used to be what it was used. I think they're still using it in some manufacturing. I heard the most horrible story about bat shit. These guys in Africa, these uh, scientists, were doing an, some sort of a um, uh, exploration on bats, and there was a 
one particular uh, cave where these bats came out at night, and they came out in massive, massive numbers. So these guys set up a camera, and they uh, stayed out there to catch it. So as the bats were flying out of the cave, they would uh, take the shots of them. They didn't realize or think that the bats shit when they come out of the cage. So the cave, rather. So the bats, these millions upon millions of bats all shit on them, and they got deathly ill and were dead within weeks. Both men died of just horrible diseases, horrible, like, hemorrhagic viruses. Their eyes were fucking bleeding. I mean, like, really terrible ways to die. They got introduced to all sorts of terrible pathogens from bat shit. Bats just shitting so much on them, like inches of shit. So they were covered in this horrible, toxic shit from these flying monsters. Sounds like a great premise for a movie. Team people, ladies and gentlemen. Was it? I'm on team people. Bats can go fuck themselves. That's wrong. Shitting on scientists. Meanwhile, that, those guys could have been saved with an umbrella. How about that? You know, an Newspaper. umbrella New York Times. and a map of the territory. <laughs> Why didn't they uh, set something up in advance to, uh, like, let's, let's see what happens first. Let's not be there. Can we set a remote camera? I mean, what if something weird happens? Like Dracula comes out with them. I'm here to bite That's a terrible neck. way to die, though, man. Death by bat shit. Virus is even worse. Yeah, there's a lot of ugly ones, huh? Mm-hmm. Ebola. Yeah. Did, did they have that one under control? How do you get Ebola? It was manufactured. Really? A lot do of you the think viruses, so? I think a lot of the viruses were manufactured. There was a documentary on the HIV. Freaked me out. That's, uh, that's how uh, my uncle, who's a homophobe, uses it. Yeah, they all got the HIV. <laughs> Those fucking... With the HIV, you know, these guys. <laughs> the HIV. There was a documentary on... On HIV? Nat- uh, no, on HIV, <clears throat> trying to go through the history of how it uh, developed. Mm-hmm. And um, the way the story was told was there was a French, you know, one of the largest um, vaccine companies is a French company, starts with an M. And uh, they were in Zaire and at a camp uh, trying to grow... Uh, smallpox vaccine on uh, a culture, and they couldn't do it. So what they ended up doing, because it would die, it wouldn't sustain it. So they ended up getting simian, which is monkey liver, or monkey kidney. And they grew the virus, the smallpox virus, on it. And what happened was they believed that (sighs) the monkey's virus crossed over from monkey to human and in this vaccine. And who was the first case that was documented? This French guy that was came to the United States was the uh, plague, the uh, typhoid Mary, you know, who brought it over to the States. So a French guy came over here, and so he's patient zero in the he United States? He was patient zero. How many dudes fucked that guy, like a million? Don't know. He was gay. <laughs> he but wasn't gay or he was? No, he was. He, he was, was gay. Yeah, it was, I'm trying to find this documentary. It was like two hours long, and it was just awesome. Is it substantiated? Like, is it disputed? Has there been? Has it been debunked? Do you know? That would be the first thing that I would uh, Well, need. what happened was the people that were doing the project, the uh, program. Do you remember they, what it's called? Uh, no, it was... Maybe almost ten years ago that it was on, and it's uh, it was a documentary on smallpox and the smallpox HIV, and um, they went to the Louis Pasteur Institute in Paris, and there was supposedly a sample of the original culture that they if they would go through that original culture they would see the simian virus. 
becoming uh, mutating over to being human. Wow. The simian SIV. It was simian immune virus. And then when it's a human's human immunovirus, HIV. Wow. So, yeah. Someone gave me a book on experiments on uh, viral, and in it talks about HIV and Ebola. I'll give you the book if you want it. So uh, how come that's like hidden knowledge? How, how come, how it's come not hidden don't knowledge. know about that? It's hiding in plain sight. It's hiding in plain sight, but nobody talks about it. No one talks about it. No one reads it. Because there was that old Sam Kennison joke about uh, AIDS coming from a monkey. And then Dave Chappelle had an even better joke, actually. He was like oh, talking Chappelle. about how hard it was to fuck a monkey. Like, how could somebody <laughs> fuck a monkey? You tell me somebody fucked a monkey? I don't believe it. <laughs> That's such a great premise. Just thinking about that is so true. It makes you laugh just thinking about a guy trying to hold on to a monkey while it's biting him. <laughs> oh. Spider monkey? Um, I don't Spider. know if I buy that. I, I feel like if that was the truth, that that would be out there. Okay, what is let's let's try to do a Google search on it and see if there's a, a debunking. Since you haven't done your due diligence, sir, before you come at us with this outlandish claim, it was the uh, smallpox virus? Yeah, it was based. It was in Zaire, French company, French group, and I don't know if it was Origin of AIDS. Okay, there's a smallpox virus HIV documentary. Here it goes. What year? Um, AIDS linked to smallpox vaccine. Let's see. I think it's called the origin. Oh, the world's most dangerous virus. Hmm. No, that's not it. Wait a minute. Yeah, I was seeing a Nova documentary on it, but I don't know if that's the one. Yeah, it seems like there's quite a few. Um, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but sitting there watching, I was just glued to it. I usually don't watch television if I can avoid it, except for Walking Dead. Which now I'm going to stop since you said. Yeah, this, well, I don't, I'm just kidding. I'll still watch it. I'm a bitch. <laughs> I'm just upset at how they're beating me up, my brain up. Um, yeah, there's an article in here from the London Times about smallpox vaccine triggered AIDS virus. An AIDS epidemic may have been triggered by the mass vaccination campaign which eradicated smallpox. Whoa. The World Health Organization, which masterminded a 13-year campaign is studying the new scientific evidence suggesting that the immunizations with immunization with smallpox vaccine, um, V-A-C-C-I-N-I-A, vaccinina? Vaccinina? Vaccinia. Vaccinia. Vaccinia awakened the unsuspected dormant human immune deficient virus infection. In this uh, program, they said it it was, um, there's a term for it, it, crossed species so is that their positive spin on it that it awakened the unsuspected dormant human immunodeficiency no. virus instead it created it it created it, it simian virus stay viruses and monkeys stay in monkeys human viruses stay in humans but when it crosses the species mm -hmm. which is a very difficult thing to do unless it mutates so what happened in this premise of this uh, documentary quote that i saw was that by culturing the smallpox vaccine, smallpox in on simian monkey kidneys, that whatever they were feeding it allowed it to cross the genetics. I see. Got it. I see. see so much like swine flu and things along those lines cross, cross from uh, cattle and livestock and birds, they, they cross over to people. Right. 
they cross over. That, that's a real issue, isn't it? Um, that's, the... that's why they're manipulating or people manipulating genetic code and mixing things together. It scares me. Yeah, it seems like it should. And it seems like, uh, I mean, I joke around about it, but when people are concerned about that, they get la- labeled into that category. Right. Oh, you're one of those guys, huh? Listen, if it wasn't for GMO food, if it wasn't for golden rice, it'd be a billion less people on the earth. People will always tell you that. That golden rice is a big one. They always bring that one up. Whatever. Maybe the earth could use a billion less people. How about that? That's why we have diseases and why we have uh, wars. Do you really think that wars are for that? They're to wipe out people on purpose? Like the Illuminati get together and they work out a deal? I think it. it's not a specifically only about uh, eliminating people and population control, but I think there's, if you look at the, the best financing, war machinery, war is incredible financing. How much money have we spent in, in uh, Iraq and uh, $50. That would be Yeah, it's a, it's a bargain. When you really find out... What the actual numbers are. <laughs> That'd be like the Super Colbert character. A guy who just makes up numbers. Yeah. They, you know, the, the truth about Afghanistan and Iraq? Yeah, they tell spent me. $50. That's it. <laughs> Everything else was donated. Donated from churches and good people. Yeah. They wanted us to go over there and kill those fucks. Yeah. And let's see. All the oil fields in uh, Iraq were given to what? Gulf and Exxon as a gift for their humanitarian service to the military there? I buy that. Yeah, that so seems totally logical. <laughs> and then the twenty billion dollars that was sitting in the bank oh. from all the oil being sold worldwide while the war was going on, and why didn't they use that for the war? Because uh, we were busy. Yeah, we had shit to do. We, we had need to, to print you, money here, fighting for freedom. Hmm. You know, don't worry about you. Worry about your own shit. Yeah, worry about us. We're taking care <laughs> of you. If it wasn't for us, you, you wouldn't even be uh, getting any freedom. Yeah. Well, it's a great argument. Yeah, as long as you're not going around creating yeah. the AIDS virus. Yeah, a few good men, huh? Creating the AIDS virus in your spare time. Um, is it possible that other diseases you think that have been accidentally created? Stupidity. Stupidity is that a disease, or is it that isn't? just a function? Of <laughs> it's a function being of being human and being allowed to be stupid. Here, if you give people the option to be stupid, they often be on your cell phone all the time. Okay. Play stupid games. I don't do those. Watch television. I have discipline. Yeah, dumbing down. You know. Not me, buddy. I'm up at 6 doing kettlebells. 6 p.m. Six, when I get up. Six, I, I'm get at up. 6 a.m. <laughs> I do like to get up early every now and then just to say, boy, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. What time do your kids get up? <laughs> they get up early. Yeah. I, I'm just kidding. I, I know you're up I take them. them to school. When I take them to school, uh, most of the time my wife does, but when I do take them to school, I actually run with the five-year-old. Yeah. There's like running track, run laps and shit. They have a whole thing they're doing to try to introduce kids to exercise at an early age, and they make it fun and exciting for them. And cut out all the crap in their diet. That's a problem, man. I see some of the things her little friends have, and, uh, you know, little five-year-olds are eating just shit for lunch. Like, God, it's just like, just things that they think their kid will eat, and they're worried that their kid won't eat healthy food. Like, your kids will eat healthy food, man. You just got to, you know. Train them. Yeah. Give them the healthy food, and then give them, you know, a little bit of delicious treats as a reward. You know, give them something because they did their homework. Because they let them have a little every now and then. Don't make it a big deal. <laughs> let them have a little cake. Let them have a little ice cream. But you got to make sure that they understand that in order for their body to be healthy and not get diseases and like it's a communication thing. And some people don't even want to do that work. They're like, this fucking kid's not listening. Give him the cake. Give him the cake. Give him the candy. Yeah, I'm tired of him crying. I don't care. Give him the here's the candy, you little fuck. Yeah, it's terrible. It's the passive way. 
it's just weak people, you know, and it's also people that aren't, aren't, aren't concerned about their own diets. You know, I know many people who never give any consideration whatsoever to the fuel that they put inside their body. They just don't. They don't think about vegetables. They don't think about phytonutrients. They don't think about minerals. And they don't think about being hydrated. They treat their body like it's some rental car they're just pouring shit down into. Like, oh, if would it run on premium? Yes. Would also run on human shit? Yes, it will. Well, I'm just going to back my ass up to this fucking hose and <laughs> shit into my car. You know, that's what people would do if they could. That's what they, how they treat their body. They're, you could have a guy who works all day and, you know, forces his body to do, you know, very stressful computations, and he's running on coffee and cheeseburgers from McDonald's and candy and a fucking protein bar that's filled with GMO corn. That's all possible. And you, you, you wonder what's, what the fuck is wrong with us as a society when we can't get our mental shit together where our bodies are rotting apart, Dr. Gordon. You got it. Rotting apart. Where's my cronut? Literally. <laughs> where's where's my cronut? Cronut? Is that a cronut? What's a cronut? It's a croissant donut. Oh, cronut. Well, you're yeah. very specific. How would you even expect, expect me to know that? If you said like a cr- chocolate croissant, no. I would say... I've had those. This is a cronut where they have lines waiting for the people to uh, eat them. Oh, is this some famous thing or something? Yeah, it's relatively new, isn't it? Yeah. People yeah. line up to buy a special type yeah. of donut? God, we, we're so stupid. People are so dumb. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen the line of black and whites lined up. Black and white people? Is Cars. that what you're saying? Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> You mean cops. So the cops are lining up to get these special donuts. That's what you're saying? Phenomenal That's the is what I heard. Did you just tell a, to- a cop donut joke on my show? Absolutely. How dare you, doctor? That's like me showing up in your office with voodoo. I, I compensate by... Uh, <laughs> Look we at do- this line. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where That's is this? New York? Is this New, New York? York? That's New York. They're all in line to get a donut. I fucking no, a hate cronut. everyone in that line. I hate all of you. They're what? Two you bucks, three bucks each? You are all the problem, you yeah. fuckheads. Yeah. You are all crazy and ridiculous. That's a mile-long line for a fucking donut. <laughs> How dare you? When you uh, it doesn't fuck with Krispy Kreme. I don't care what anybody says. It can't. Krispy Kreme donuts, when they're right out of the oven, there's not a thing that can taste better than that. It doesn't get better than that. Where's the Krispy Kreme place? All over. Santa Monica is the closest to here. Burbank. So there's Burbank, yeah, but that's I don't think most of them close. closed down. I heard a lot of them did. But that's just because of communism. Ah, that's what. Did that's it. what it is. Socialism, trying to keep the man down. They need to expand. They should have Krispy Kremes everywhere. If you want to do something decadent that's horrible for your body, why are you fucking around? You need just a couple of Krispy Kremes. You'll feel like shit after they're down, but when they're going down, it will be goddamn glorious. I'm going to find some cronuts and bring them to you. When, they, when you eat one of those maple mm. ones, do you know those warm maple ones? You hear Bon Jovi singing. <laughs> when you bite into it, shut down in a blaze of glory. You feel it. You feel it in your bones. Your toes tingle. You know you're giving yourself cancer and you don't care. You don't care. It's a million milligrams of sugar. One million. That's what I heard. One million. Yeah, I saw a documentary. A million. (laughs) It's exactly the amount of sugar that you can eat and not die. That's what's in a box of Krispy Kreme. A cronut burger. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Have you tried it? No, I've had bacon on mine. Bacon. I don't eat bacon. Look at that. So it's a croissant donut mix with a cheeseburger, and um, they smash it all together and put powdered sugar on the top of it. Wow. Wow, we hate ourselves. Wow. Fucking humans hate ourselves. We're crazy. That looks almost edible. Do you allow yourself cheat days? I know you're really healthy for the most part. No, I don't have cheat days. Do you have cheat meals? I don't have cheat meals. Do you have cheat desserts? Nope. Do you eat dessert? Yep. 
So you just eat it? I just eat it. It's not a cheat. It's part of the entire diet. Nutrition. Dessert is a part of nutrition? Absolutely. Tell me more. Apples. With oh, peanut is that what butter. You eat? Oh, you fucking Apples weirdo. with peanut butter. Listen, that is not dessert. How dare you? How fucking dare you? Uh, the great. balls on this guy. How about that? Is not how about man. yogurt with um, acai, dark chocolate coated acai. 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 And also with peanuts and walnuts and mm. pine nuts. I got a better idea. How about a hot fudge sundae, you fuck? How I about love a brownie? That. How about a brownie with hot fudge on it? Just rich. When I get a coupon for 31 flavors, I'm there. Yeah, so you'll eat those too. I'll eat it. But for the most part, you try to reward yourself with delicious things that are actually nutritious. Better things. I might have a carbonated drink once a month. My friend Mike Dolce, he's a um, nutritionist to a lot of MMA fighters, helps them with their diet and losing weight. He doesn't believe in cheat days, but he believes in reward meals. Like you will reward yourself. It's a cheat meal. Just hey, semantics. Easy. It's semantics. a reward for your hard work. It's call semantics. It Come on. Why you gotta call it? Why you gotta be because negative? Because cheat is a negative and reward yes. is a positive. Exactly. That's what so it, he's a glass half full kind of a guy. I got it. That's what I said. So yeah. you can't I'm define it for him. Nah. You trying to w- break him down? There he is, nah. Mike. Where is he? Oh, that's the Rock. Oh, the Rock's cheat days are yeah, epic. Yeah. Look at the size of that guy. What is he eating? Look at the size Pizza. of that guy. Who gives a fuck what he's eating? He is Everything. goddamn huge. He used to be a normal-sized, like, big athlete, but now he's fucking... That guy's obsessed with working out, too. If you go to his... Uh, if you're a guy that likes to work out, subscribe to The Rock's Twitter. And his, his Twitter and his Instagram are epic, because this guy will fly into a city at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning and be at the gym at 6, taking pictures, tweeting, and going crazy. He just believes in, like, constant hard work, doing things that are difficult, making yourself work out when you don't want to. And he's very strict with his diet except one day. And that one day, he has these fucking epic cheat days where he takes photos of stacks of donuts and literally, like, jugs of milk. Like, five-gallon jugs of milk. And this fucking giant savage. See, to me, that's like injecting yourself with 1,000 milligrams of testosterone in one day as opposed to taking 20 milligrams every day. Well, I have. A, I think he's mentally, uh, he's probably a crazy person. Look at the size of him. That's wow. what he used to look like. That's what he looks like now. Wow. Yeah, he's giant. I think he is a crazy person because I think he's uh, in the good way. I think he's a crazy person for uh, success. You know, he's a crazy person for achievement. So he's just getting crazy for pumping his body up into this ultimate super athlete machine. Gee, I feel f- small. You should feel small. <laughs> I am. Next to him, we're both producing estrogen. That's, 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 <laughs> Speak for yourself. Huh? We're both producing estrogen for standing next to The Rock. I met the guy. Trust me. Yeah. He's too big. He's too good. Look at the size of that guy. I mean, that's a big fella. Jeez. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Uh, so if you're looking for inspiration, follow him on Instagram. Um, for the average guy. Um, what what should the average person do if they want to find out that something what's going on with their hormones where their hormone levels are what's the what's the steps that they should take to find out? Well, <clears throat> we have an automated system to make it easier. Uh, if they go if they have a traumatic brain injury or have had a traumatic brain injury, and I'll just interject this: if they're with the military or with the police department or with NFL retiree, we have I have three grants to pay for their $2,100, $2,200 laboratory testing. It'll be paid for by a grant. Hmm. So they go to the website and they fill out an application and within 12 to 24 hours, someone in our office calls to just confirm a couple of things and send them out about 20 pages worth of intake. And in your um, experience, a lot of the people that are experiencing real bad results from traumatic brain injury, oftentimes it's hormonally related. Correct. Well, you know, 
I take care of what's called mild to moderate. These are people who might right. not have lost consciousness in the mild. Some of them might have a little amnesia that lasts for less than 12, 24 hours. Is it shocking for you how easy it is to damage the brain? Unbelievable. Uh, one case that just finished, a uh, gentleman was rear-ended at 5 to 7 miles an hour and ended up getting traumatic brain injury. God, that's so crazy. Uh, the brain sits, you know, in an envelope with fluid supporting it. But there's the front part of the inside of the brain and the back side at the front part called the sphenoid plateau. It's a sharp area that all you have to do is stop short. You just have to shake your head, shaking baby, working on a uh, pneumatic drill or a pneumatic hammer or uh, uh, skiing uh, moguls where you're up and down or doing water skiing where you're hitting the waves and you're bouncing up and down. Wow. That's how simple it is. And we've taken it for granted that the brain is impervious to damage. So water skiing can give you brain damage. Correct. It's repetitive. Oh, it's a form of repetitive. Think of it this way. You're standing there in the ring and someone's just tapping you, you know, a little bit. Not every me, bro. I, I know. I move left I and right. I'm slick. <laughs> right. I'm yes. like Pernell Whitaker and his... Pr You're rope-a-dope. So anyway, if you were getting hit lightly, they accumulate, the damage accumulates over time. That totally makes sense. Um, there was a... There's been quite a few, actually, guys who uh, realized after a while that they couldn't take punishment anymore, that their brain just was simply not allowing them to right. take those shots. They'd get hit, and their body would just give out. Right. When you see that, is that like just like hurting a knee or hurting your back? You're more likely to hurt it again. Like if you, if you hurt your knee and you, you tear your meniscus, it's, there's a high probability of you injuring that knee again. That knee has now been weakened. Correct. Is that how the brain is as well? Uh, well, it's... The brain is just awesome. There's connections from, you know, the different lobes of the brain, from the left to right, the front to the back. And there are connections that can be torn, called shearing. And if you tear enough of them, what happens is you lose cognitive ability, mental ability. Your personality changes. And over a period of time, you might have this slow progression towards depression or slow progression towards memory loss or fatigue. So... It happens over a long period of time. There's a 30-year prospective study, which means they had people who had head trauma, and they followed them for 30 years. That's Four creepy. 48... Stop following me, man. Yeah. 25 <laughs> fucking years. I am your shadow. You still following me, man? So they found something like 48% of the people had a, a psychological problem. 28% of them had depression and 8% paranoia. Drug abuse is a very large thing that happens. And I'm starting to look at kids who are addicted to drugs, whether or not it's uh, methamphetamine, heroin, uh, oxycontin, narcotics, or whatever, that they uh, have a history of having had a head trauma. And they've just been looking for medication drugs to help them feel better. They're looking for their own cure. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look back in the ADD, beginning of uh, attention deficit disorder, you had kids looking for, they felt uh, hyper, so they would take downers. Well, what happens is called paradoxical. If they take a downer, they get sped up. They Whoa. take an upper, they get sped down. That's what Ritalin is. Right. That's what methamphetamine or the Adderall is. So yeah, Adderall they prescribe for people who are too hyper. Correct. It doesn't make sense, but it's called paradoxical. It does the opposite effect of what it should. And wow. it's only in certain people, like people with attention deficit disorder or ADHDH, hyperactivity. And... Um, 
you know, we're looking, they're looking for, for drugs, alcohol. Uh, I have a guy that um, came from Boston. I'll tell you a Boston story. Uh, JR came from Boston, a rugby player, five head traumas, three loss of consciousness, and one hospitalization. Pussy. Yeah, really. And he, <laughs> between the ages of uh, 23, 23 and 35, he became an alcoholic. At 35, oh, he crashed and burned. God. And uh, he was institutionalized, and he was put on three antidepressants, and he flew out from Boston. We did our testing, and even though he was on three antidepressants, he was still depressed. Jesus Christ. Still depressed, and this is one of the hallmarks of traumatic brain injury. It's called treatment-resistant depression. We're finding that people who are put onto one medication and it doesn't work, or two doesn't work, or get shifted around because they stop working, you need to look at the hormones. You need to look at hormones. And uh, we put him on 60 milligrams of testosterone because his level of testosterone was extremely low. 60 milligrams of testosterone a week. Six months later, his psychiatrist, he had to get a new psychiatrist, took him off his drugs. He's back in Boston. He's investment banking. Now, when, when, when a guy has an issue, if there's something or a gal or anybody, call a girl a gal, you're kind of creepy, right? What do you want to call hey, it? Gal? Woman? Sorry. Weird. That's a woman you definitely don't want to fuck. Right? Female. A gal. You call her, she's a great old gal. Better yeah. phone her guy. Um, if, someone has had, if someone has had enough of an impact on their brain that they have to seek exogenous, is that the word? Yep. Exogenous hormones to, to fix whatever problem they have. What, what would you do if that person was still engaging in the very activities that caused them to, to have this, this issue with their body? Absolutely. You pull them. So in MMA, so in MMA, when you see these people getting uh, testosterone, which is, you know, mm -hmm. what, what do you think about that? Well, hopefully the doctor has done the relationship of his activity, mm -hmm. MMA, and he's done the workup, which includes, you know, laboratory testing as well as the radiological evaluation to see what the damage is. Mm -hmm. And if you see, you know, areas that are very classical for damage, scarring, axonal scarring, brain scarring, uh, old bleed that he had. Well, if they had a bleed, they would have been in the hospital, mm -hmm. mostly, hopefully, not everybody. It would. That's what you would use to, to decide whether or not the person is at risk. I've got a case right now from the entertainment world where it's a stuntman who he's, he's been through a lot of traumas, and his last trauma, beginning of um, last year, uh, left him depressed. He was in a coma, left him depressed and so forth. And within five weeks, he's better. And the question became, he's good enough to go back to work, but you don't want him to go back to work. Right. Because Why? if he gets banged around again... You lose everything you've gained. Oh, boy. So... This is why people don't want to talk about it. You've got some great football players who've been dinged. You don't want to go do that test that says, I'm sorry, but uh, you can no longer play football. You're 25 years of age and you've got scars in the brain, which mean you're at high risk for developing, you know, the CTE. Do you remember when that uh, football player died because he fell out of the back of his truck? His girlfriend was driving away in his truck. They did a brain scan on him after he died and they did his autopsy and they found out he had the brain of like an Alzheimer's That's patient. Right, CTE. And here's another thing. And he was young, right? He was young. In, I didn't bring my uh, presentation. I do. I have what a list. What the fuck? Uh, sorry. Come on, man. I didn't know you had PPT I want available. you to be professional. I have lava lamps here and rock I, salt I that. lights. Nice color. And too. everything. I figured you would be prepared. So anyway, what they found is with head trauma, you'll develop Alzheimer's disease 19 times faster than if you don't have head trauma. Jesus Christ. 19 times. And I was in Vegas giving a lecture on traumatic brain injury, and there was a doc 
talking specifically about head trauma and Alzheimer's. And his documentation was irrefutably supportive of the relationship, and they know it. So they don't want to tell someone, look, keep playing football. Likelihood is you'll retire and you'll develop Alzheimer's and die at 54. How old was uh, Andre Waters? I don't know. Yeah. Young guys. He was young. All the guys that have died. Who was the last one in San Diego who died at 24 years of age? Uh, This, you know. I don't know. It's depressing. So in your opinion, uh, as an expert on the subject, when a guy gets to a point where he needs testosterone because of this, they really shouldn't be engaging in whatever caused them to lose their ability to produce testosterone. That would be a late case scenario. So someone getting a testosterone use exemption for mixed martial arts, in your opinion, would be a bad idea. Correct, especially if it was due to positive findings of damage by DTMRI or functional MRI or MRI. So that's the thing about when someone has uh, a testosterone use exemption, they don't have to specify the cause of testosterone being low. They just find that it is and then supplement it. How could they find what it is? I mean, are there, what are the various uh, reasons why people, besides aging, why people don't have good testosterone? Female? No, females have high levels. Um, you know, having had testicular trauma, cooking your testicles. I cook them. Brain. <laughs> Talk about greater than 105 Saute degrees. With a little oil, a little basil. <laughs> yeah, put the onions in it. So... Um, Head trauma, it's the regulatory mechanism in the brain, and then you have peripheral, which is the testicle itself. Any kind of damage, infections, mumps. You're talking about mumps. Mumps can cause the testicles to stop working. Okay? So just a viral infection, you can get loss of testicular function. But uh, in someone who is MMA, I would have to really think long and hard about, hmm, he has testosterone deficiency. He's been in MMA for uh, six years, and he's had, uh, you know, five documented loss of consciousness. Uh, he's beaten over the head. Who knows how many times in training? Correct. Yeah. I have a wow. guy that was in training and got KO'd. Yeah, that happens all the time. And then guys wind up fighting just a couple of weeks later, and they can't take a punch. Right. And, you know, we, we've seen it many times. Um, is uh, Marvin Eastman, Travis Luter is a famous uh, fight where uh, Travis Luter knocked out Marvin Eastman with a punch that looked like it barely connected. And it turned out that we had heard that Marvin Eastman had been in training camp and had gotten hurt in training camp, gotten knocked out maybe twice, (laughs) at least once. He's a great fighter, too, a really tough guy. So it didn't make any sense that he couldn't take a punch like that. It was one of those weird cases. What we're starting to see on the Internet, which might be a backdoor type of self-analysis, are these cognitive testing Programs. There's one called Impact, which is out of um, uh, Pennsylvania with the uh, doctor who is the neurosurgeon for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, doctor, Watch this. Travis Luter hits him with his punch. It's crazy. And he, he goes down like he got shot by a sniper. It's, it's really crazy. Watch this. I mean, he, he, like, I mean, he kind of connected, but... He's totally out? Totally out. Like, watch the punch again. I mean, a pretty good shot, but man, it seemed like he was on the very end of it. It just didn't seem like it should have that kind of impact. I mean, Travis does hit really hard, very strong guy. But then when you found out that he, I mean, he definitely really got hurt by that punch, but going out like that seems unusual. And I think it was because uh, they said that, see, it like grazes him. They said Marvin had uh, gotten KO'd in training. That happened also to um, 
uh, Forrest Griffin, before he fought Anderson Silva, he had apparently gotten KO'd in training. Uh, I think he said twice, too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And they're additive. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Cumulative, right? They're cumulative, additive, cumulative. And it just gets easier. I hate to have to correct you in front of all these people. But That's all right. But sometimes you just fuck up, dude. Hey. You think you're so smart. <laughs> Only you're the one who thinks I'm so smart. Uh, Why do you th think I spend five days a week reading? Because I know so little. Yeah, well, that's very, very humble of you. You're also a martial artist. You've uh, So this is uh, something that's not like uh, alien to you. You've uh, practiced martial arts for a long time. Yeah, I did uh, taekwondo, secondary black belt on the cover of martial son. arts magazine. Cover of a magazine, son. Yeah. Throwing sidekicks on bitches. With my master, Byung Yu's foot in my mouth. Uh, did it taste good? No, it didn't. Yeah, I would imagine. I yeah. was waiting for you to answer. You answered correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, if people want to know more about this, if they're fascinated by it, if they think perhaps they might have an issue themselves, uh, what is the website? Uh, the website is TBI Med, M-E-D, Legal, L-E-G-A-L dot com. That's very hard to remember. Yeah. TBI Med Legal. Dot com. And it has uh, about 100 articles that are abstracted, very short. Oh, you put a link up for, for people that are listening to this podcast. Right. You crafty bastard. You're so professional. You make me sad. I Wait, do? Yeah, because I'm not that professional. If, go ahead and click it. What happens when you click it? It explodes. No. Oh, thank you, Joe Rogan. But that's not... Did you sign up for this under my no, name no, or something? I just clicked it. Oh, it just says that. There's a little okay. for people to read that. Just yeah, it's information it. which goes through it. Oh, I see, I see, okay. I see. Um, so if people are uh, curious about their own issue... Already they... 30 people have already clicked it. Well, wait now. It's going to get crazy. This is just Ustream has uh, probably... I don't know what percentage of the actual very small. very small percentage. Most people tend to listen to this while they're doing other things, like they listen to it on the subway mm. or in the gym, on the bike or whatever. Um, the amount of people that actually watch us. But the people that actually watch us are the most critical, crazed nerds. Not in a good way. In a good way. Give me a hug, you fucks. <laughs> um, Before so, I leave. TBI Medical. Med Legal. Med Legal. Med TBI Med Legal, and they could find out all about it. And um, is there anything else you would you want to promote or let people know about no, when you're here? I'm not. The only thing I really want to promote is the knowledge that there's this in incredible uh, association between head trauma, hormone deficiency, and change in personality. And when you correct the underlying deficiency, you see people blossom. You know, to end, I'll say that we have a 32-year uh, post traumatic brain injury gal 32 years she cracked her carotid in an auto accident Ugh. and partial stroke on the right side 32 years she's lived with the incapacitation or de um, suboptimal life on a multitude of drugs 12 weeks after starting her program she's off of everything wow and she started losing weight she's 53 years of age she started losing weight uh, she's swimming again. I was a swimmer in uh, medical school and uh, in in undergrad, and uh, so she started back swimming, and she's back in school. Uh, her life is just energized. She feels phenomenal, and they write their story to me, and it'll be eventually posted on the website. We have you know about five hundred seventy one, two hundred seventy one patients with testosterone, and then total about five hundred plus people. I've been doing this. Uh, 10 years, just specifically traumatic brain, but overall 18 years with hormonal replacement, not knowing 
for those first years that there were so many people with traumatic, eight years, first eight years, that there were so many people with traumatic deficiency. The brain is very delicate, people. Choose wisely, be safe, be careful, and uh, get your dome checked out. Right, Doc? Absolutely. Get, get your dome <laughs> checked out, folks. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And the, the website, one more time, is tbimedlegal.com. Go, learn, enjoy. Thank you. Thank you very fun, much. Man. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it, brother. Always good. Always cool to see you. I knew you would be good at this. Rogan.ting.com. Go there. Uh, get yourself some ting, you freaks. And uh, go to Hover, hover.com. Use the code word POWERFUL for today's episode. Also, thanks to Onnit.com. O-N-N-I-T. Makers of Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech Sport, and New Mood. All stuff that I will give to the good doctor to have him try. I say the good doctor. I automatically think Hunter S. Thompson, so I automatically think you're fucked up on drugs. I apologize for that connection. Uh, onnit.com O-N-N-I-T Use the code word Rogan Save yourself 10% off I got a lot of stuff Coming up folks Next week I have Dr. Rick Strassman Is going to be here um, On Monday And then Dan Doty And Remy Warren Remy Warren Is uh, a guy Who goes Solo hunting And documents them On a show called Solo Hunters This motherfucker Is out in Africa Hunting with a bow and arrow By himself And some cameras It's uh, Amazing stuff uh, Brian Dunning's Favorite uh, Favorite And famous Both Skeptic Comes in on uh, Tuesday the 14th And then On the 17th My brother Steve Ranella Is going to be here again And we're going to discuss all kinds of groovy shit. All right. We love the fuck out of you people, and we appreciate the fuck out of you people. So appreciate yourself, too. And give yourself a big hug for me. Mwah. See you Monday. <laughs>